1: This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank you! two,
0: three! You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 86. Mm. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and we are in the
1: go-home week for SummerSlam, WWE's SummerSlam is coming up this coming Sunday. We've yes. also got NXT Takeover Brooklyn 4 coming up on Saturday, and we're still recovering from the G1 over in New Japan that had that uh, that wrapped up last weekend. So we got a lot to talk about this week, and I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Yes, me too. Absolutely. But before we get started, I just want to invite everybody here listening to the show to come over to YouTube, join us on our all-new YouTube channel. We are live-streaming all of these episodes to all of our lovely listeners, so you can come and and interact with us on the show and come be a part of it right there. A nice
1: little live chat going on right here.
0: Yeah, we do. It's it's lively in there. But also, uh, the, the center, the hub of our operation is over on Facebook, uh, come join the busted wide open discussion group. We'll get you in there. Post some funny memes, uh, all kinds of good articles, fun videos, legacy throwback stuff, and all kinds of good discussions. Last, but certainly not least, you can find us over on Twitter at BWO podcast. Uh, it was very lively conversation going on this past weekend during the, uh, the G one finals. Oh man. With the, uh, with the Tongans interfering and just all kinds of stuff. So thanks for hanging with us on Twitter this past weekend, but, uh, Ian, we've, uh, we have we are on the road, man. We're here. We've been on the road. We're here. It's finally, finally here. And I am very, very excited about SummerSlam. Yeah?
1: You're, you're starting to get a little hyped up this week. Got you hyped up on it?
0: Yeah, I think the G1 had a little bit to do with that. And then now that that's kind of past us and we're moving on. Now we can be excited for SummerSlam.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys are excited for SummerSlam too, please head over to our Facebook discussion group. Cause that's where we set, we post a lot of the stuff for the show. That is the hub as Nick mentioned. In addition, uh, if you'd like to interact more with the show, we do have a bunch of tiers over on Patreon. Yes. You can check out as well. Uh, we, if you, if you, Pay for, what is it, the dollar is the tip jar, and then uh, $5 will get you the ability to ask questions of the show, have your listener questions read on the air.
0: Buy me uh, and Ian a cup of coffee once a month. Exactly. That's really what it comes it's, down uh, to. It's a
1: way that we keep this show going at as high a quality as we can attempt to produce. Yes. Uh, in addition, it does us a big, uh, a big solid to go to YouTube and, uh, and follow us on YouTube and sign up and, and follow the show. In addition, let other people know to sign up as well. And the same goes for if you listen to us on a podcast – Go to your podcast app of choice. Make sure you subscribe and uh, hit the like button and share it. And uh, also leave us a review. You know, and it, it Reviews are help us figure out what to do as far as uh, what you guys want to hear and what kind of presentation you want us to have on this show. But that being said, we got that out of the way. Let's get to the fun stuff and head over and talk about the big news.
0: I'm, I'm starting to get a little frustrated. Over the past few years, we've had this trend happening in the music business where a lot of our 90s uh, icons have been passing away on us. 90s? It's, it's just getting to that time. For, well, All my eight,
1: heroes are dead, dude. Sure.
0: It's, it's starting to be a recurring thing that this is happen- happening to some, of, a lot of the icons. We're, we're getting to that time where it's happening to a lot of the 80s and you know, 90s icons in pro wrestling.
1: You know, I'm actually going to counter that by saying that I think pro wrestling actually prepared for me me for when all my musical icons began to die, because people have been dying in pro wrestling my entire freaking life. People have been dying before their time. That's true. Um, And unfortunately, this week, we have to announce the passing of Jim the Anvil Neidhart. uh, He's (laughs) imitating the laugh, not not laughing at the passing of Jim Neidhart. Let's be clear about what
0: just happened there. I'll pull pull on my goatee a little bit. There you go. That'll help the impression.
1: Um, no, this, uh, so this is very sad. It's actually the last member of the Hart Foundation besides Bret Hart himself uh, to pass away. Obviously, we've we've also uh, lost Flying Brian Pillman way back in the day. Yeah, Owen Hart, obviously, as well, passed away. British Bulldog Neidhart uh, was the very last one, and that is that is very sad because he was. I mean, he was the original original pretty much. And uh, if you don't uh, know, he's also the Father of current WWE superstar, Natalia. Yes. uh, Who was uh, out of the show this week because obviously dealing with the passing of her father. Right. Uh, Apparently, from what I understand, he suffered some sort of... uh, He'd been having seizures lately, and I guess he had a seizure and uh, fell and hit his head and did not recover. So very sad to hear. uh, Definitely too young. At I believe 66. I have to look at my notes again. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so R.I.P. Anvil. remember him being a a, a real powerhouse
0: absolutely well he was the powerhouse of the the heart foundation for sure Mm -hmm. um one other one we have to mention outside of the wrestling business uh the absolute queen of all of the musical divas Mm -hmm. in my opinion the diva the diva uh literally this morning aretha franklin passed away Now, the
1: reason that we we bring this up actually there is a wrestling connection there is yes because she sang america the beautiful at wrestlemania 3 Oh, wow. and possibly one of the best renditions of that song. By the way, if you have not seen it, I, I guarantee it's on YouTube right now. It's probably getting a lot of it's got, you know, getting pushed a lot on YouTube because it's it's just mind blowing. It's so good. It's one of the reasons why that show started so hype was Aretha singing that. So uh, that's the wrestling connection there. But obviously, her influence goes way far beyond just wrestling to being one of the greatest singing artists of all time. Yeah. Hands down. So sad week to begin with, uh, with the passing of Neidhart and uh, Aretha Franklin. We also have to talk about some rather uncomfortable stuff here, too.
0: Drama, drama, drama. Drama, drama, drama. This could get, <laughs> this
1: could get a little bit more entertaining. Uh, so a couple of people in wrestling are in a bit of hot water this week. We're going to start talking about uh, Mr. Randy Orton and some allegations about him that have popped back up. Uh, this week, uh, I guess, Court Bauer, back in 2012, gave an interview on, uh, on, a, on a show, a radio show, uh, saying that Randy Orton had a—let's see, he was on a, the MLW podcast, episode number 49, uh, and Court Bauer alleges that Orton had a habit of exposing himself to new writers. Not only would he expose himself, basically a new writer would show up, Randy Orton would roll into the room, pull out his junk— Wipe his rub, rub it, rub his hand on it, and then stick his hand out to shake their hand. And when they obviously would not shake his hand, he would say, "I'm Randy Orton. Shake my hand. You, oh, you don't want to shake my hand? You're big leaguing me. That's effed up, man. Should I tell Vince and Stephanie that you won't shake Randy Orton's hand?" And uh, apparently, intimidated a number of writers with that. This week, Court was asked if that was true. He he only tweeted back, "Yes." And when other writers from that time, this was allegedly around 2005, 2006. Uh, when other writers from that era were asked about it, uh, they would not directly corroborate. But a lot of them would uh, said that they would never shake Randy Orton's hand, or that they were not surprised, or that they didn't straight up just didn't want to comment. So no one coming to the Viper's defense of pulling out his little Viper and, oh. uh, and rubbing his <laughs> hand on it. Uh, right now, WWE has only said that they, were, they are looking into it. They are in, going to investigate it. This is something I suspect will be just swept under the rug. Uh, Randy having a long history of questionable activities uh, that have been swept under the rug yeah. by, by WWE or by time.
0: I mean, he, at least he didn't pull a Louis C.K. and walk into the writer's room and start you know, beating it. You know?
1: I mean, nothing to say that he didn't.
0: That's fair, but you know,
1: but at the same time this this now. So here's the thing, though, is that wrestling also has a storied history of ribbing. Uh, And sometimes this ribbing was, you know, could be uh, taken as being sexual in nature. Uh, Cornette. Uh, for example, came forward and said that this just sounds like an old rib, like it didn't sound like anything too out of the ordinary. Now, what that doesn't excuse it, obviously. We are in a very different era now, however, yeah. than the era that they used to live in. You know, JBL is now getting called out for a lot of the old hazing that he used to do. Uh, we're, a lot of the stuff that used to happen as far as hazing in the locker rooms is now coming out, and we're finding a lot of the stuff that in any other professional company would be considered wildly inappropriate that went on and was sometimes was not only blatantly overlooked by management but encouraged.
0: I played sports and I went to a military academy. You don't have to explain a lot of this stuff to me. It's <laughs> it's a real thing, it happened and you know, in a way it was viewed as a rite of passage. It's not something sure. I ever really took offense to, but in this day and age, it's not something that you can honestly get away with. It brings up a much bigger discussion of should we punish people for their their past actions their and past where you draw actions. that line. We've had James Gunn in the news recently exactly. with Guardians of the Galaxy and his comedic tweets. I'm doing air quotes. So it's it's a matter of you know opinion in that sense, and it's subjective. Everybody's going to have a different thing. I, I don't think it's appropriate. It's unprofessional yeah. in that kind of a setting. Uh, if it is true that Randy did these kinds of things, and that would be where I kind of drew the line. If it's you and the boys in the locker room before the show goofing off, and that's that's a different thing to me. But if you're walking into a professional business setting with coworkers, right, uh, in outside of a of a locker room kind of setting, so to speak. It, that's where I would be like, yeah, that's, and this that's, is the, that's, this that's is, out of taste.
1: And this is the thing is this is why I don't, I don't expect Randy Orton to have any kind of punitive measures taken against sure. him unless sure. this really gets picked up by the mainstream media and the hounds of justice, if you will, come <laughs> come flying after him. Um, I expect this to, to kind of be quietly swept aside. Yeah. It's one of those things that exists in wrestling's past that is going to start getting phased out more and more as everything in the WWE particularly becomes more professional and mainstream. Again, this happened in 05, 06. If this was something that happened in 15, 16, I think it would have been taken as a lot bigger deal. And I think that if something that was more recent would be treated more seriously. Yeah. Um, but in, in this particular case, this just sounds like the kind of crap that went on then. Yeah. And um, uh, WWE has changed a lot in terms of, the environment since then you even hear that from people who were back in the locker room saying it's a totally different environment than it was in the two thousands and in the nineties and really different than it was in the eighties. So I can only imagine it will continue to evolve. And this is just an incident from the past. It's rearing its ugly head. Yeah. Pardon the pun for right now.
0: Uh, the other one we got to talk about. Um, so good luck, Randy, in your in your. I'm, I'm not s-
1: wishing him good luck, man. I'm not going to say
0: future endeavors. But I, I'm not going to. I mean, stay strong, man. I hate to
1: say it was a dick move, but it was kind of a dick move. Oh, um, but I'm not going to wish him any luck with that. That's a <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a jerk, Randy.
0: Yeah. Well, we're fine. Uh, the other one we got to talk about that that was big news. Uh, I think it started coming out over the last couple of days. Was uh, Dave Meltzer on their podcast made uh, some comments around. Peyton Royce and how she was, I'm going to do air quotes again, lighter in NXT. <laughs> um, and again, this is one of those things where the body image is such a big part of um, that we is kind of passed over. Like we always say, guys look yoked. They're hosses there. We make all the we use all these adjectives and descriptives. He to got talk really about, jacked,
1: you know, like, right. He's really ripped right now. Oh man, he's, he's, he's leaned some up, weight. Look yeah. at
0: you know he all we, he's been, he's been in the gym cutting up. You know we make all those kinds of comments. Sure, and it's it feels like that. So so Meltzer made some comments about Peyton Royce uh, being lighter in NXT. Well, let's
1: let's preface this by saying that what initially happened was uh, the Wrestling Observer Online podcast. Uh, there was a clip from that show that was uh, tweeted at Peyton Royce, and it was of Dave and Brian. Uh, talking about the difference between the Iconics in NXT and the Iconics now in the main roster in SmackDown and how they weren't quite as over. They weren't working quite as well. And um, from what I understand, I've, I've, uh, the the quote itself was basically, he uh, they were going back and forth about the difference between NXT and the main roster. And yeah. Dave was saying there was more character in NXT. He liked how Peyton looked better in NXT. And it sounded, if you listen to the whole clip, like he was dancing around trying to say that he liked her better before she got her breast implants. And what he was meaning by she was lighter was his way of saying, I don't like the breast implants. Unfortunately, it was a really, really dumb way of saying it. And, you know, when you take it out (laughs) of context, it sounds like he's calling her like she said, oh, she put on weight and I don't like it. Of course, Peyton, when she heard this, tweeted, at Dave, what would you have me do? Starve myself. This is how nightmares for young women start. The females in your life must be proud. And then, as we were saying, all hell broke loose. Basically, (laughs) everyone came to white knight Peyton on her Twitter page. Everyone came to just destroy Dave on his. And there were some people there to defend Dave as well. This became a whole Twitter thing because that never happens these days. Everyone loves to, to have their opinions out on Twitter. Uh, and be uh, you know, vocal. the white knights like you well, said both for everybody involved here and get their you know get their their hundred and forty character opinions out. All I guess is what is it two eighty now two eighty. Okay, yeah. I'm not up on this stuff, but the the bottom line is is that uh, Dave did come back with an apology right away. Not the best worded apology. He said, "I'd like to apologize to you. You are an exceedingly attractive woman. I do realize the lengths and pressures on women in the entertainment world to maintain unnatural looks at times, and I'm glad you point this out. You pointed this out, and then he got annihilated for that because it was a non-apology. He said, "I'd like to apologize to you, not I would like to. I, I'm apologizing to you. Or he I then, apologize. You, you are an exceedingly attractive woman. What does that have to do with anything? Basically, everyone jumped on him for the apology." And he just got reamed for the rest of the day.
0: How much of this is trolling? How much of this is legit? I, again, that's... You know, it's, it's a typical Twitter stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, stepping back and looking at this arbitrarily and unemotionally, Dave said something dumb that was frankly taken out of context, but still dumb. And then everybody, I think, overreacted to that and jumped on him. A lot of people in the WWE, a lot of staff members and superstars, immediately jumped on Dave. And Dave is a very polarizing figure to begin with, so of it's easy to get people riled up at him. Um, I personally think that throughout the day, he did a good job of very humbly apologizing and trying to move forward with it. Uh, if you read the, all the Twitter feeds, I think he did do a good job of, you know, saying I was wrong. I messed up. I'm learning a lesson here. Yeah. And, it's, and what happened to me can be a lesson for other people. I thought he did a good job with that. I thought there were some people who were engaging in a, a good discussion. Tyler Breeze, for example, directly tweeted at Dave and said, look, Dave, you need to take, you know, take accountability for this. Learn to be better and be an example. And Dave said, you're absolutely right. So there, there is an upside to this. But at, at the end of the day, you know, pe- some of the people that were coming to defend Dave made some good points as well. And I, I would have to say that at the end of this, there are some people right and wrong on every side here. I can see both sides of this. Um, people who, who, as you stated earlier, wrestling is a very visually based commodity. You're right. Uh, and so talking about people's visual appearances and their bodies is part of any discussion of wrestling. We've done it as well. Um and, and another point that was made was how there's almost a double standard here where WWE can run. We we've called this out on this show where WWE runs fat shaming angles. Whether it's Nia Jax who's openly come out and said she's been fat shamed in the locker room, Piggy James, which was an angle once upon a time, uh, talking up uh, calling Dana Brooke Miss Piggy in promos. You know what I mean? Like this. There's there's not everybody here is innocent. So um to 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 say that Dave. Because he's, uh, you know, giving an opinion on a on a an industry that's built on looks, he said something real dumb, and he said it in a in a in a not very well thought out way. Agreed. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's really the person that should be stuck up on a pole and beaten with sticks. No. Uh, if everything's going to be equal where's, here, where's Vince Russo? Let's let go well, find. Let's do
0: that. You know. Uh, anyway. Uh, that's it for the big news, guys. Uh would love to hear your thoughts in the Facebook discussion group on what you thought about some of those things. I know there was some conversation that happened this week, uh, specifically around. Yeah, those are both those some really very good things. conversation
1: points. I'd love to talk about more. We don't have time. I'd love to, to hear show. from our
0: female representatives Absolutely. on what they thought about this exchange, uh, because I, I personally think it's a. It's. I love that we have these conversations out in the open now, and yeah. it's not stigmatized. It is a little bit. Well, let's let's be clear.
1: Let's have a conversation, not a yelling match, because that's what this devolved into online, and I'd love to hear an actual conversation about
0: it. Yes, yes. I mean, how do you compare body image and the things that we uh, look at in the WWE and judge people by their abilities and their abs? You know, Tony means comes out and counts his abs every every week. Right.
1: I I would love to have a discussion about... The, the, the relativity between talking about body images about, about men and about women and all of that. But that's not sure. for this show. That's for our online discussion. And maybe even down the road, we'll do an extra episode about that as well. Once we get some feedback, that's we a can good have one, yeah. we can have some good, a some slippery good grist. Slippery slope, but you know, well, it's,
0: it's, it's a good one worth having. That's
1: what we've got to be real careful when we yes. record. But in the meantime, we do need to get to the meat of our show today. we got a lot to talk about, whether it's New Japan, Lucha Underground, The G1, with the the SummerSlam's coming up, TakeOver. But to do all that, we need to start talking about Monday Night Raw.
0: Well, kicking things off on Monday Night Raw, we have to announce that Renee Young was on Uh, commentary.
1: Man, this was a long time coming. Now, here's... Yes! This is one thing I thought was interesting, is at no point did they connect this to the Women's Evolution. This was just a thing that happened. This was just coaches out of town, Renee's on commentary.
0: And that was which, it. And they, that, I loved that.
1: Yes. I, I, I think that that should just be something that it's just a matter of fact thing. Yes, Renee Young is a commentator and she called Monday Night Raw. And may I say, she can't. Now. All things being equal, she did come off as a little bit green. That's to be expected. Sure. It's her first night. Last time she called a match was back in NXT. Cole's been doing it years 20 ago. years. Yeah. Of course,
0: she's going to be a little compared
1: green. to her. You know, Cole Graves. who have got a rhythm going. Yeah, a little green. Definitely was getting fed some lines here and there, uh, but she was great. At no point was I cringing at no point was I rolling my eyes like I do with with coach all the time. Uh, or or Booker T. Yeah, I thought she was great. I liked having another voice on there, uh, and for the most part, I thought she was she was really really good. I really hope she sticks around. I, th- I have a feeling that she's going to be um, if they if they break it off and have a whole women's division, she'll be the voice there. They might be getting her ready for the May Young Classic, which she's also calling. But man, I would love to see her be the third person in a uh, three-party commentating team on either Raw or SmackDown.
0: Me too. I have one little issue that I picked up on that that I would suggest that they would need to fix, though. It has absolutely nothing to do with her ability or anything. Did you notice that uh, the frequency of her voice, of her tone, is almost the same as the screams and cheers that come from the crowd? Mm. And as an audio nerd, I picked up on that it was kind of drowning her out, whereas with – Cole and Graves with their different kind of deeper tones that they have. You can hear it over the top of the crowd. And I remember texting you. I'm like, they need to bump her... Her fader up about five dB. For those of you who don't know, stand Nick out. is our tech
1: guy on this yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that's of course that's the take that you would take. You're on are a musician it. too; well, you understand that, frequencies and did. EQ yeah. and
0: all that stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. At all. I mean, I did pick up her being a little bit quiet, a little bit thin. Some points only at the, the
0: beginning, really. Yeah, so maybe so you I think did they fix maybe it. tuned it up. In yeah. The, yeah,
1: maybe someone fixed it in the truck. That was the
0: only issue that I had of anything whatsoever. She did a fantastic job. Yeah, as kind of the first time throwing her into the deep end of the pool of Monday Night Raw. Are you kidding me yeah. we'd all sound like idiots blub, oh, blubbering idiots the first time we, we would there. be
1: nowhere near as good as as she was on that and she is obviously far and away better at, at doing that than we could be in, <laughs> in a long long time but here's the thing there was also very appropriate that renee was on commentary because one of the, the the main event one of the biggest things that happened this monday night raw and something we have to talk about is the fact that there's a current feud going on between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler with Dolph Ziggler's buddy, Drew McIntyre, in his corner. Seth's obviously been going for, for uh, Ziggler's intercontinental belt. Trying to get it back, yep. Trying to get it back from him, but it's hard to do when you've got two guys uh, to face. Drew always in Ziggler's corner messing things up. Well, this week, we found out that uh, not only did Ziggler have to sign the contract for the SummerSlam match, assuming that Seth was not in the building.
0: He was in China doing some media tour kind of thing, right? So
1: throughout the whole episode of Raw, Ziggler and McIntyre were saying, Seth better show up, or we're going to sign this contract, and the match is going to be voided, and we don't have to fight. Yep. And so at the end of the show, no Seth. They go to sign the contract. Ziggler signs it, and as soon as he signs it, out comes Seth Rollins to say, well... I didn't want you to get some information before you signed that would, that would make you not want to sign it. So now that you signed it, there's something you should know. I'm not going to be alone against the two of you anymore. I had to go pick up a buddy of mine and hear... Oh, let me get the exact line right because it was a great line. You may have a psychopath in your corner, Dolph, but I, that means to counter a psychopath, I need a lunatic. And out comes Dean Ambrose. Yes. That awesome. was uh, and first of all his look,
0: shaved head with a beard oh looks God. like a lunatic. He looked like it. a
1: Mack truck. He looks fantastic. He is <laughs> jacked. He is jacked compared to the last time we saw him. He shaved as you said he shaved his head um which is a great look for him. He's got yep. the beard going on now. He he looked extra mean. Uh, it was it was a great physical just like a little tweak to his physical appearance and he looks even more insane. And intimidating. It's it's a great look for him. He Let's came look back with like somebody fantastic. you'd see
0: in like a basement fight club or something. It, it's, yeah. it's just it looks. And then when he starts, if he comes out taping up his hands and his wrists like he normally does, oh, yeah. that's going to be an amazing look it is. for him.
1: And it's it reminds me of uh, of a lot Wait, of. Wait, are we have...
0: are we judging his his body image right now?
1: Absolutely, yeah. positively though. So it's okay. Sure. sure. He, look, he looked like <laughs> Simon Pegg when he turned into the Hulk. You know, wow. like if Simon Peg turned into the Hulk, he'd look like Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Okay. Get that out of your head. Uh, so
0: but lots can go down now with Dean Ambrose back about a month early as well from the projection.
1: Well, they always project long to sure, make it sure. exciting when they come back early. But that's that's neither here nor there. The point is he's back. We thought he might not come out until SummerSlam. They did it early. So that's really the thing we had to think about here is he's back early. Does that information, was that just to make the match more exciting, to make, to sell SummerSlam more or is that because it would just be too fast for him to come back at SummerSlam and then have something happen, whether it's a heel turn swerve or how Dean gets involved or whatever it is? I think
0: there's grander plans at play here. Yeah, uh, I think there's something. This is going to end in a several different possible ways, not the way we are going to expect. I'm going to bet.
1: So. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. Uh, I think that there is some little tweak that's going to happen here or we could just be reading way too much into it, and it could just be a straightforward, you know, welcome home, Dean, Seth wins the title. Who knows? The bottom line is, is Dean's back, and if they don't turn Dean heel, I could actually see a really awesome program between him and McIntyre going forward. Yep. So I, I'm actually Luna not.
0: Take the psychopath.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I'm not 100% on Dean turning heel. I could be really happy with him staying face. And, well, we, and and you were really high Drew. on
0: Ambrose and Rollins as a tag team last year. I remember that. Absol- was well, the
1: reformation? There was the reformation of the Shield, and the way that they did it was the best part of that whole angle. Yeah. So absolutely, give me give me some give me some psycho Dean with this new look.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So lots to talk about there. I'm going to wait until we get down to our pickums to really dive into. My theory crafting about what I think is going to go down there. <laughs> let's uh, let's go talk about Paul Heyman uh, coming out yes. and. Uh doing a really weird kind of promo, but still amazing in its own right. Well, so uh, this week.
1: Yeah, let's let's set this up. We've got uh so last week obviously Roman Reigns um well last week Paul Heyman gave a very emotional interview yes. with Renee Young, crying the entire time and they, they said this week at the end he said, Well, the only way Roman's gonna beat Brock is well, I can't tell you, and he, he scuttles off. So this week Roman comes out to the ring, you know, says his piece. And uh, Paul Heyman ends up coming down to the ring and to simplify it, essentially offers Roman a kind of Faustian bargain saying, if you want to beat Brock, join up with me, let me be your advocate. And then, you know, we can, we can, I can tell you how to beat Brock. Of course, Roman rejecting this offer as the good guy that he is by golly, by golly. But this is where I thought it got interesting and I, I, I liked the idea of this kind of Faustian bargain being offered to, to Roman. I thought you're, that you're was a You're real... referring to
0: like a deal with the devil. For, exactly. For those of us not of you know, that, that don't read Dante read, read and all book, of that man. stuff. right. Uh, I thought that that was a
1: really cool dynamic. It actually, I thought it brought out an interesting aspect of Roman's character. Again, nothing Roman did, just the environment he was placed in uh, offered this option and turning it down. Great, that's good stuff. But then Paul went into saying, I get it. I used to ride back in the day. Like I know when you were young, you were brought up to you know, all, respect all of these wonderful things. Well, sure. when I was that age, when I was 16, 17, I was riding in cars with your dad and your uncle. And they told me uh, something that I'm sure that they told you when you were a kid. And he started speaking to Roman in Samoan. Which, that was odd. Which made Roman's jaw drop. Made my I was like, this is really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then presented Roman with a piece of paper. And he said, here's a proposal, a written proposal. Think about it. And while Roman was looking at the paper, Paul sprays him with mace. Maces is the crap
0: out of him. Didn't see that coming.
1: Uh, this was, so this is where the swerve started getting weird for me. Because yeah. then Brock Lesnar surprisingly comes out, beats the crap out of Roman. Paul is back to holding up the universal championship high. And, uh, and apparently being totally okay with Brock, the commentary was putting it over like this whole last couple of weeks. Brock putting hands on Paul. Paul freaking out and, you know, the whole interview last week was all a work. They were all just trying to trick Reigns into getting Brock to beat him up again, which to me is a big letdown for all the work that Paul did. It seems like there's, there was so much good drama built up and they're just kind of going, yeah, that was all a joke. Everything's back to normal. So I'm really hoping, I'm really, really hoping, and a lot of people have said this online as well, that this is all a build up to some sort of double swerve at SummerSlam there's something written on that piece of paper for example the warning rains about what was about to happen okay or, or something like that where there's a double turn and Paul starts joins up with Roman something if it's just back to you know back to normal and Paul and Brock just pulled one over on Roman after two weeks of build I feel that kind of takes away a lot of the really interesting aspects of this story that they built you know what I mean it just it sets it back to zero
0: Yes, but I think if what what we all kind of expect to happen ends up happening, Paul is still going to need to have a job if Brock goes off and does something else. So I think this adds an interesting dynamic where Paul can still interact in some way on WWE once we're post-Lesnar.
1: But, th- but in what way? He's got to rep- represent somebody, right? Sure. He's got to have some sort of position of authority in order to have anything to do. Sure. Sure. There's, so, there's
0: nothing saying he can't go find somebody else to represent.
1: But who's the next Paul Heyman guy? I know that's a whole rabbit hole. Oh, man. Let's, not, let's not go down <laughs> the who's the next Paul Heyman guy rabbit hole there. But let's let's just leave this by saying, at this point, this could either be, in my opinion, a missed opportunity, or this could be the beginning of a really interesting bunch of devious plot twists. Yeah. Uh, and I really hope that they don't just drop the ball on this one had a nickel for every time I said that but yep. if if I really hope that they take this opportunity to take what could be a very intriguing storyline and really run with it because even if Brock drops the belt there's a lot more they could do if they have this all be a double swerve
0: how about Paul representing Kevin Owens mm-hmm. that's definitely a thought
1: or Braun yep. Strowman he'll turn I don't know nah, Something not, <laughs> not, yet. Again, not ready for that yet let's not speculate on who could be the next Paul not Heyman yet. guy because that could, that could go forever. The real question at the end of the day is, okay, let's, let's, let's put a little bow on top of the whole Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar uh, shenanigans sure. up to this point. Go out with a bang. The, the whole program as it is so far, from the time of WrestleMania to now, do you feel that the audience has turned towards Roman a little more? Have they done a good job in getting enough heat on Brock to get sympathy for Roman? I don't know if sympathy
0: this. is the right word. Uh, they've definitely come around. I've definitely, I, you know, I'm not in the Roman wheelhouse. I don't have action figures hanging off of my boom arm or anything like that. But it's a matter of, I, I feel differently a year ago. I feel differently now than I did a year ago about Roman. And even as recently as WrestleMania, when we were talking about, look, F it, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and get this over with. So we. Can, I'm even at a point now where it's like, okay, Maybe he deserves this a little bit because he's been such a, a trooper over the last couple of years. There's part of me that wants to go, uh, and that's kind of the sympathy I think you're alluding to. There's I think there's a part of the universe, the WWE universe, that sympathizes in that respect that he's been shit on, essentially, for the last three years in this under... You know, I don't want to say underdog, but kind of underling Absolutely underdog, yeah. So it's, it's the big dog role, not the underdog. Anyway. Well, that's
1: the, that's the irony of the whole <laughs> thing. So this is the thing. We, we don't really want to get too much into Roman right now. I'd love to hear if anyone in the chat has a couple of thoughts, but I don't want to get too far down the... Let's look at Roman overall yeah. aspect because uh, we never do that. Well, no, we do actually, because we do have a, a, um, a special plan for the show. If you are a subscriber on our Patreon, uh, you will get a bonus episode that we'll be recording next Monday that will feature 45 minutes of us talking about Roman Reigns. Yeah. And <laughs> I know that can sound a little off-putting, but it's going to be kind of the, the statement the State of the Union. On one of the biggest guys in pro wrestling, and as a result, the what we expect going forward with one of the biggest organizations in professional wrestling. Right. I think that's going to be a really interesting episode. And to we're talk intentionally
0: about. waiting till after, after we see Summer's what Night. happens this weekend uh, to sure. to kind of be yeah. able to finish that episode off,
1: because it's going to be a big moment in his career, and therefore, as a result, uh, in WWE's uh, yeah. trajectory. Yep. So, I think that that's something that we're going to really look a lot more at in that episode. So let's just really quickly. I think that Roman has definitely turned some heads with all of this and they've done a good job. But I also think that Brock Lesnar, I mean, if you look at the end of the segment when Brock comes out and beats up Roman, puts him in a guillotine choke and gives him an F five after he's
0: been blinded and sprayed with mace.
1: (laughs) And then the audience is still (laughs) chanting one more time, one more time. Right, right. There's obviously still enough people who don't like Roman and he still get he still got the biggest reaction on the show. Yeah. Um. Uh. We did have someone in in the uh, chat. Uh, Judith just said uh, every time he sucker punches Corbin, he gets a little more over with me. And I I have to agree. Touche. To, he well does said. sucker punch Corbin pretty well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Continue that, please. But um the the bottom line is In is before I,
0: authority angle with champion Roman Reigns. I, I
1: worry that. In trying to make Brock as evil as they can possibly make him, and as against the WWE universe as they possibly can, yeah, um, they haven't really worked on Roman. And working on Roman is the issue. It's not everything around him. It's not you know you can put him with Seth all you want. You can make his opponents as evil as you want. You gotta fix the problems that that are with the Roman character. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that.
0: Well, we got to get through uh, the rest of Monday Night Raw because uh, there of was some Baron other Corbin. good stuff that was going on. Yeah, Baron Corbin had a match with Tyler Breeze. Now, I want to say before we get into this, I'm excited to see Tyler Breeze getting some good regardless of what it is.
1: He's on TV. Getting
0: some TV time and working <laughs> with, you know, upper mid to top of the card. I'm I'm excited about Tyler Breeze here because he was all I always loved his kind of flamboyant uh, image coming out of NXT. I thought he was going to do big things on the main roster. He's
1: extremely talented.
0: Very talented uh, in-ring worker as well. So I just I, I
1: there's a reason they picked him to actually be the guy who wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger when he when he had a, a quick match in NXT. Thank you. Yep. So
0: uh, anyway, uh, he basically got destroyed by Baron Corbin in well, an angle that was just meant to set up Corbin and Finn Balor. Well,
1: of course, and that that was Corbin's whole point was he was going to book a match for himself yep. where he could kill a guy, and then he was going to book a handicap match for Finn Balor where Finn Balor could get killed when Finn Balor had to face Kevin Owens and Jinder Mahal.
0: I'm loving Constable Corbin.
1: I am too. Uh, The the interesting thing about this match is poor Tyler Breeze got beaten by a deep six, which I think the first time that move has ever beaten anybody. Uh, It's a signature move, not a finisher. So I was surprised that he took the pin to that. Um, (laughs) But Kurt trying to right the wrongs of Baron Corbin came out and changed the handicap match for Finn Balor into a proper tag match with Finn Balor's partner, Braun Strowman, which of course makes sense because he's got a match against Kevin Owens, up uh, coming up on Sunday. So having him across the ring from Kevin Owens makes all kinds of sense to build that feud as well.
0: Question if a query, sir, if I may, Mm. what the hell does Jinder Mahal have to do with any of this? I don't know. He feels kind of like a fifth wheel, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it feels like they're trying to compete with what Smackdown live was doing at the turn of the year with the whole, Zane and Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon and then throw AJ in the middle of it. And that whole maelstrom of crap that was going on, it feels like they're trying to do another one of those getting a bunch of people involved in it. So you just have no idea what the outcomes are going to be. Is that the mission here? Maybe.
1: I mean, it's one of it's one of it's just, you know, Jinder's under contract. He does seem to be well liked backstage. So they want to get him out there and have him get something to do, but they don't have a real feud for him. So at least he's getting out there and getting some time. Um, He doesn't have a match on Sunday, but I wouldn't say that that means we won't see him on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, which I'll get more into when we take our picks yes. for SummerSlam. But, uh, yeah, I, I I do think it might be a little bit dangerous for Owens' character to have him hanging out with Jinder Mahal, now that Jinder's kind of going more towards being a comedy character. Right. Uh, I think that could be dangerous for Owens because it's really easy to have
0: and he, Kevin that, Owens that's be... That's old
1: with him, though. ...a comedy character. What do you mean?
0: In a, well, he's done it with Jericho. He's done it with Sami Zayn.
1: It's just this... But that's kind of what I'm saying is that's always bad. That's, that doesn't make his character. It's never ended well for him. It's never ended. Well, it, it ended well with Jericho to a point, And then it just it kind of went off the rails once they began sure. feuding.
0: The, well, the festival of friendship was a great ending. Exactly. to All of that. So exactly. Yeah.
1: And as long as at some point you bring out the vicious part of Kevin Owens, uh, you can redeem him. But, you know, unfortunately, and we're going to talk about his physical attributes here. Uh, due to his size and his look, oh, he's going. He's going to. He was be, lighter in NXT. Uh, I don't actually don't think he was. No? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. Jesus, Nick. Uh, but <laughs> he's wearing Spanx now as part of it. Oh, okay. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, is Kevin's a big guy who's not big enough to be a big guy. If yeah, that makes sense, it does. So I know what you mean he has to have that extra added viciousness to be taken seriously? Um, so having too much comedy with his character unfortunately makes him look too goofy, and he's really good at portraying a vicious guy. It's just when he's surrounded by too much comedy, it detracts from that. So that's just um, that's going to get that off my chest when it comes to my appraisal of his character and, and putting him with comedy acts. Yeah,
0: I think we're getting ready to see something uh, some big big time out of Kevin Owens. Uh, if I'm being honest, well, we'll talk about that in the more picks. coming uh, exactly. in a little bit. Hey, Ember Moon had a fantastic match. Against Alexa Bliss. This yes, week. she did, and I think we've been saying for a couple of months now, at least, that they had her kind of just waiting in the wings yeah. until we get past this Alexa Bliss Ronda Rousey thing. And I think this was a little bit of tease. just the tip, kind of tease to see what uh, what we got to expect later this year from it's, Ember Moon.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I think this might have been a last minute change up, and this was originally supposed to be Natalia's spot because it seems random to have Ember come out of nowhere. But lucky for us and lucky for Ember because it was a really good showing for her. They actually had her almost beat Alexa clean if Foxy hadn't interfered. Sure. Um she had her dead to right. She gave her the eclipse and she was down. Like it was done.
0: Alexa sold it like death. It was uh, brilliant.
1: As, as as you should with that move. Yeah. But it was it was a really solid match. Ember looked great in the match, uh, and it was a competitive match. It was fun. But it definitely, I think, hints at the fact that they want to keep Ember looking really strong because they are waiting for her to have a big moment and yeah. a big angle. The other, th- other thing to talk about this whole segment was it began with Ronda Rousey coming down before the match and giving a really nice, uh, I'm going to say heartfelt discussion of the passing of, of Jim Neidhart. And Natalia uh, specifically, and 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 you know who's I genuinely took it her as friend.
0: sincere. I didn't I didn't read any kind of you know uh, play up into it or using that platform for that to or put over the match. Sure, kind of yeah. Some I, people- I read it as sincere. But look, there's off the you know outside of the the storyline and stuff. It's it's no secret that Natty has been one of the champions alongside of Stephanie to get Ronda to come over to WWE and get her signed and assimilated and done all the work. And the, she's, she's known as the trainer backstage mm. for some of the new talent. So it's no surprise to me that she has a lot of heart and a lot of emotion for Natalia and for that family. So that's I took it as completely sincere.
1: Well, and in addition, the speech was I thought was really eloquently written. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was particularly appropriate for her because it was about fathers and what fathers mean in your life. And that's particularly relevant for her in real life because her father passed away when she was eight. And right. that has been something that's been a, a subject of discussion with her career and her life over the years. So I thought that it was it, that was particularly touching with that. And she did deliver it really, really well, uh, which I have to give props for. Um, but I, I, I personally liked it. And a lot of some people didn't. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I will point this out. Uh, Rhonda may be getting better in the ring. She may be, or she may be proving that she's really good in the ring. She may be proving that she can do the work on the mic. She's also proving she's scared of bats. Uh, if you didn't, <laughs> okay. if you didn't see there was a bat that flew right next to the ring and no, crashed. And yeah, I you, totally missed that. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, go on YouTube. You can find it. There's a, there oh, was a my. moment where a, a bat almost hits Rhonda and it flies in the barricade near the ring. And she kind of turns on and goes, that's a bat. That's a whoo, boy. That's a bat." Um, that's funny. So, yeah, you won't see her at a Batman movie anytime soon. No.
0: So we did get Alexa Bliss coming out and after, right after the speech w- was done, but she didn't come alone. She brought an entire army of security guards with her, <laughs> and this led to one of my favorite kind of funny moments of the week. You know, Of course, there was a standoff in the middle of the ring. Uh, Alexa on one side, the security guards in the middle, reminded me of the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar standoff we had a, a year or so ago. And it was, you know, of course, Ronda is just going to destroy these guys, throws judo hip throws into all of them, punches the shit out of a, a cup, another one, and turns around to the last guy that's standing there, and he has the look of fear of death like he's mm. seeing his final moments on his, flash before his eyes Yeah, with crazy, rowdy Ronda Rousey about to just take him down. Great,
1: great sports entertainment pro wrestling moment was that Loved guy it. just <clears throat> selling Ronda like... Yep. like. <laughs> <laughs> Like a demon. No, that was all good stuff, and that was all pre uh, right before the match too. And then you had that great match. So this whole segment, I really liked. I thought that was a great way to go home on that segment. Yep. Uh A segment I did not think was a good go home segment was one of the matches I'm really not looking forward to on Sunday. And I don't even need, I don't even know if it's a match at this point. I'm trying to find it on the cards online, and I can't tell if it's a match or if it's just going to be a segment on Sunday. Lashley and Elias are having a feud. Uh, this week we had some local guy named Ricky Roberts who was apparently an Elias fan and Ricky Bobby, up, uh, dressed up like a, like a, <laughs> exactly. You got that. Yeah. The, the couple of good fun name, uh, right. things this week here and then down in Lucha underground. I got another You're not fun.
0: On fire. Ricky Bobby.
1: Um, Oh, stop. But, uh, so Ricky Roberts tried to portray Bobby Lashley by hitting him with a guitar that didn't go well for him. He took a vertical suplex. Yeah. I don't really, I don't like this feud. I think it's a terrible thing for Lashley. I think it's just, you know, it's it, Elias has so much else going on. This is really not it's yeah. not doing anything for him either. It's no. just kind of a thing. But uh it's not I don't know. It, they're they're not using Lashley the way that they that they should, in my no, opinion.
0: Absolutely. He should be some kind of assassin. It's it's just not I'm an assassin, I'm a monster. Sure. But I just get him off the mic. It just no. Oh, okay, so we have to talk about the Raw Tag Team Championships because things are getting ready, getting very interesting, headed into SummerSlam, that we had a championship match where the B-team had a triple threat match facing off against the Revival and the Deleters of Worlds. Yes. And I was like, why are they doing this on TV on the go-home show right before SummerSlam? Why not just save this till SummerSlam?
1: Well, there's a couple of interesting speculations going on online. So we do know after this match, which the uh, the B-team did pull out by a, a sneaky um, blind tag uh, that the Revival didn't see, and they picked up the win after the Revival uh, hit. I think it was Bray Wyatt, actually, with a, with a shadow. By the way, uh, props to the Revival for pulling out. Uh, the Heart Foundation's signature move oh, in this really? match, the heart attack. Yeah, it was okay. it was beautiful, it was I a didn't nice, nice that. it was a nice tribute. Um, but uh, the the thing is, so at the end of this, Bray gets pinned. We now know that there's going to be another tag team championship match on Sunday in the pre show between the Revival and the B Team uh, because the B Team basically snuck the victory over the Revival, right? Um, but there's being speculation going on right now that Matt Hardy may be retiring or at least going away for a long time. He's changed his Twitter name back to just Matt Hardy. He has started saying goodbye to people on Twitter, including Bray Wyatt. Uh, So this may be the end of the road for Matt Hardy. And we may be seeing this as a way to put over these other guys. So that might have been the match where we kind of saw the end of the leaders of worlds. And that could just be speculation. It could be Matt Hardy trolling us all online,
0: which he's known to do, which he's He's, known to do. Yep. It's but
1: at the same time his Matt Hardy his after all. back is jacked his hip is jacked he's got uh, he's got to go get surgery uh, you could tell in this match he can barely move yeah um, he's he's stiff he's, he doesn't doesn't look like he's in a little, little bit of pain so yeah this could be a way of, of working them out of the tag division um, you know, well, Hey,
0: I ain't mad at the B team in the revival. I'm, I'm for the championships at SummerSlam. Are you kidding me? It's about friggin' time. I hope the they give them
1: enough time to put on a decent match. Sure. And because I personally think both these teams can put on, I mean, we know the revival can put on a damn good match. We know that individually the two guys on the B team can put on a good match. Yes. Especially, uh, uh, Bo Dallas. Sure. But, uh, you know, I really hope they can put together a surprisingly good match on Sunday to surprise people and engage them again in a tag division that, frankly, has been really faltering, really faltering lately. And to speak to that, we can we can go over and look at another match that happened this Monday, which was Bobby Roode and Titus Worldwide versus Mojo Rawley and AOP, where Bobby Roode just boom, he he uh, put the DDT on Mojo Rawley and one, two, three, it was done. It was just kind of nothing. It didn't it didn't further anybody it was just a time kill and none of these guys are on the show on on sunday which is which is sad for everybody involved um and speaking of the tag division it looks like they're trying to build a women's tag division with uh with ruby riot and the riot squad once again facing off against sasha banks and bailey this week it was ruby versus sasha there was a little bit of uh some stuff sasha trying to get back in the ring ruby snuck out of victory yeah um, good and to see her is, back but this just keeps going back and forth between these guys there's yep. nothing else going on at this point it's such an overexposed angle and program there's just not really any excitement behind it we can't really tell if Sasha and Bailey are still friends or if they're still having issues or what's going on at this point I I've been really disappointed with with what they've been doing with that so far.
0: Do you think where I mean I understand that the kind of the embryonic stages of a women's tag division are kind of starting to take shape, but do you think there's going to be an effort going forward to have you know not pairing of individuals, uh, individual singles competitors into a tag team, but we're going to have some organic female tag teams come up through the performance center. And that's going to be something that takes time, but we're going to start to see that.
1: The only organic one they have right now is the Iconics. And then arguably you've got, and well, I would say that Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville were initially single stars that just got put into a tag team when they came up to the main roster. Yeah. Um, the riot squad was the same way, but they have been sold as a tag team since they came to the main roster as well. So just like with, um, with Mandy Rose and, so- and Sonia Deville right now, we can call them, a, a organic tag team because they have been since but they you, came to the you know roster. what I mean though you're, you I see do, what I'm asking I do but I think what, what I'm saying is that's all you're going to get there are no other women's tag teams and they're going to have to take singles competitors and put them together to make tag teams and some of them it's going to be a, a bit of you know milk and toothpaste at first <laughs> oh, oh, um, God. so where, where you're kind of uh. like this what is what is what are you guys thinking with this and some are going to pan out and become the female version of the bar and some are not some are going to be the leaders of worlds. We kind of go, what the what the actual hell is going on? This W-C-A-F. sounds like this could be a good idea, but <laughs> maybe not.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, that's uh, that's all of our coverage for Monday Night Raw, but we're not done before we do our SummerSlam picks. We've got to head over and talk about what went down on SmackDown Live.
1: Well, well, well. well let's start off talking about the championship picture here on SmackDown Live because we went home this week. Uh, the last thing we saw was a confrontation between the champion AJ Styles and the challenger Samoa Joe. Mm. And there was some nice build to this little confrontation in the, the rest of the show with Paige going to each of the guys and saying, look, I don't want to spoil my main event on Sunday. Could you guys just not fight? Like, yeah. just, just don't, don't mess with each other. Like, you guys are kind of getting heated and I don't want this to happen. Typical stuff. We right. were all going, cool, this is going to mean a fight. <laughs> Only there wasn't a fight. It was AJ coming out and saying that he had promised his wife to stay cool and Samoa Joe coming out and saying, well, you know, that's great and all, but uh, you're really a bad husband and you're a bad father and the WWE Universe thinks so as well. And in fact, I have a letter here from someone in the WWE Universe who thinks that and says that you, were, you, you are a pro wrestler because you want to get away from your family and your wife. Oh, and by the way, this, this letter is written by your wife. Wendy Styles. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Fade
0: out. I thought it was an awesome way to end the show, if I'm being completely honest. Here's
1: the thing. I thought that AJ's reaction did not sell it well enough. AJ should have just been incensed and charged Samoa Joe. shoved it off
0: and flipped it off, right?
1: Well, and we went to black, kind of just like, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it was, to me, it was kind of like a fart in the wind. (laughs) It just didn't, it didn't work. But online on WWE.com, they put up a clip of, stuff that happened afterwards and it was aj being held back by the club and a bunch of other guys backstage while samoa joe taunted him about how his wife didn't even love him back that was good stuff i'm like that's what i wanted to see at the end of smackdown we should have put this segment earlier in smackdown and then had that segment to close the show it was something where i thought they in my opinion they kind of muffed the go home feel for that main event angle yeah I wanted to co- to leave that feeling like they were ready to absolutely murder each other, and I didn't feel that. I, I went home. It's more feeling,
0: eye roll than intensity, you know.
1: Uh, it's more kind of a well. That was something. Yeah. You know. It, okay. It was. It was a little flat. Is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and it's it's a feud that I'm really excited about. I think the match is going to be one of the ones that has the potential of stealing the show. Still, even with that kind of a flat finish to the build, I hope they do a good video package that helps build it more for Sunday because they do have the material there. Yeah. This is just a bad way to end Smackdown yeah. in my opinion.
0: Uh next up we had a uh, Becky uh in a tag match with Charlotte. With Charlotte. Yes, so, against
1: the aforementioned Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Right.
0: Right. More foreshadowing into that tag team kind of thing. Exactly. But, uh Becky kind of went absolutely ape shit in this. She went ham. Yeah, she did. She went ham, absolutely.
1: Hard as a oh, mother. Hmm.
0: Yeah, It G- no, that- gives me pause for the match. Well, this uh, was interesting. Thinking because about it.
1: So she's obviously this all began with uh her and Charlotte con Carmella confronting each other in the ring and talking about Sunday and Carmella trying to divide them and Becky and Charlotte saying, Yeah, it's not gonna work. We're buddies, we kinda know where we stand on this. Um, neither of us are really happy to be in this situation. Becky's especially not happy to be in this situation right. uh because she worked so hard to get this opportunity and now Charlotte's stepping in her toes again. But they're still on the same page. Yep. Okay, cool. Let's prove we're on the same page. Great, we have a tag match. See, we're on the same page. Except at the end of the match, Becky did not go to Charlotte to ha to have her finish off uh Mandy Rose and Sonia DeVille. Becky handled it all on her own, which I thought was good for a number of reasons. First of all it showed that Becky can go and there that current the current Becky Lynch is one that can handle herself. This
0: is the Becky Lynch I've always wanted to see, you know. You it's-
1: need to make Becky look that good because if there's going to be some sort of issue with her and Charlotte, she's got to look like she possibly could go toe to toe with Charlotte who they have built even on this show with Carmella saying, nobody beats Charlotte. Charlotte is the she's she's beat Oscar she beat Oscar's streak. She's beaten everybody else. She was the first hell in a cell winner, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. You got to make Becky look good so that if she goes toe to toe with Charlotte, it's not unrealistic. Yep. And this was a good way of doing that. It also showed that there is a, still a little bit of maybe tension between her and Charlotte because afterwards they were backstage and Charlotte goes, you didn't have to go that alone. You know, I'm there for you. And Becky goes, no, no, no.
0: She tried to tea time her and she like slapped it away or something.
1: Well, she tea timed her, but it was really quick. And then she just took off. And it yeah. was kind of sitting there going, hmm. things to think about. <laughs> I, I love this. I thought they did a great job with this whole angle. I'm excited for Sunday. Yep. I'm excited to see where they go with this. I love the dynamics here. Everything's being done subtly enough that I am i don't feel like I'm being smacked in the face with it, but also, you know, big enough that it's, it's readable to anybody who's watching. Sure, it. sure. So I'm, I'm very much liking what they're doing with that. And I'm looking forward to the match on Sunday.
0: Next up, we had The Miz facing off against Daniel Bryan. Well, they didn't face off. We no, they had, had an one entire those, a- segment, uh, entire show. With, I broke it into three segments. Three, three segments,
1: parts. past, middle, and like far past eight years ago. And then the, the whole like talking smack thing. And then now. Yeah. I love this. This was great. A three-part. When's the last time you saw this? When there was a feud that had so much history or so much stuff that they could draw from, and they could put together a video package that, by the way, killed it the way this video package does. It's hard to describe because you really do have to see all the elements they brought into this. I recommend everyone go and watch this on YouTube because it is all up there as a one-part thing, as a one-all put together, and it's really, really good. It goes all the way back to NXT, where Daniel Bryan was a rookie in NXT and Miz was his sponsor, his pro, and all the way up through the, the Talking Smack segment, So Daniel Bryan coming back and their current feud now. And it's great. And it built this match without anything else having to be done because they've got so much history.
0: Yes. The intensity that they had at the end of the videos in part three where they just turned into the camera and looked and talked to the the other one.
1: reality show thing.
0: Oh, fantastic. Sold. Uh, This is a feud we've been wanting for a really long time. And by God, we're finally going to get it. Uh, let's see. Tag team division stuff. Uh, Sanity faced off against the New Day. This, this match, in my opinion, was better than I expected it to be. Uh, these two teams really performed, and New Day ends up coming out with the win headed into their match for the championships with the Bludgeon Brothers on Sunday. They
1: did. I was really glad they made Sanity look as strong as they did because, yes. you know, they had to, the Sanity had to lose here, but I, I, it's good that they didn't make them look like complete goons. Although Killian Dane, mm, that's singlet.
0: Oh, yeah. His new
1: singlet. Apparently, it was his choice. He designed it himself, and it was his idea to wear a wrestling singlet instead of his old kind of black tights and, and whatnot that he had before. Here's the thing. The old black tie, the old black uh, uh, boy shorts there, whatever it was, like the, I don't know, the belt thing and everything else going on, his whole outfit made him look scarier. The singlet doesn't make him look bigger or scarier. Wait, are it, we doing
0: body image again? In-
1: uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, this is fashion. Oh, this okay, is fashion okay. now. Right. Um, I, I, yeah, not a fan.
0: He, I wonder if he and Cassius Ohno have the same stylist.
1: Cassius Ono is a whole different kettle of fish. Right. That's a whole different problem right there.
0: Uh, speaking of Killian Dane, spot of the match, in my opinion, was Big E just pressing Killian Dane up onto his shoulder like it was no big deal.
1: Well, there's a reason he's called Big E is because the man's a walking, he's a walking mound of <laughs>
0: muscles. That dude is strong. Yes. Uh, uh, yep. Heading over to uh, the next thing, the one that I was really looking forward to was how or, something I'm invested in. At this point, because I wasn't really in the beginning, was how all of this with Rusev, Lana, and Aiden English is, is ultimately going to shake out. Yeah. Because I can't see a path yet. I don't know where they're steering me. If they're going to somehow do something with Aiden on his own or if it's Aiden just constantly seeking redemption for his folly. I, I don't I don't know what they're really steering towards here. It
1: seems like it's coming to a head, though. We had yeah. Aiden start off by standing in the ring, looking very somber and uh, singing. <laughs> Singing that he was sorry for what he'd done to Rusev, Day, and he was basically going to uh, get it back by facing off against Andrade, Cien Almas, and beating him. He didn't beat him. He got his ass whooped by Andrade, in but but looked good doing it. It was a really I would actually have liked to see this match go a lot longer because everyone looked good in it. You know, Aiden can actually wrestle. And so can Andrade.
0: You know how Shinsuke Nakamura, side topic, sidebar. Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura calls, uh, or he was saying knee to face yes. for his Kinsasha. I think I'm going to call Andrade C and Almas's double knees in the corner. P to face. Mm. Okay. Cause it just, it looks very good. awkward. Good, I can't. Luck, good
1: luck with that, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, anyone who wants to jump on that Nick train, feel free. Uh, but uh, moving, getting back to the actual match, uh, yeah, so Aiden did go down, but after the match, Rusev and Lana came out and sta- stared down Cian Almas and Zelina Vega in the ring. We are having a mixed tag match on Sunday between the two pairs, which I think. I think she could also steal the pre-show. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. because that's going to be kind of the culmination of a lot of stuff going on with Rusev Day. And there's actually a listener question later on we'll talk about with this uh, as far as what's going to happen next with Aiden and with Rusev Day. The real question is, is, is it too late for Rusev Day? And we're now getting Rusev Day being presented as faces, um, but coming out to a bit of lukewarm reaction, which they wouldn't have two or three months ago when they were hot as hell. Yeah. Uh, and I I wonder if it's if they just waited too long to pull the trigger here.
0: Eh, probably. Uh, in my opinion, I think introducing Lana back into the mix was one of the things that derailed the whole thing in the first place.
1: And in addition, I don't think Andrade is enough of a commodity on the main roster yet to really put some, like, Rusev against him and have it be uh, a lot of fire for that for that face off. You know, people don't have the connection yet to Andrade on the main roster to be able to cheer like they're still kind of figuring out figuring out who he is, so they can't cheer Rusev against him. Plus they're trying to figure out if Rusev's a heel or a face because we haven't really established that over the last few months. I think
0: Zelina is doing a really good job of establishing uh, you know the heel persona of both of them. Sure. She's nailing that. And Absolutely. I think it's just a matter of time to get that part get us past that part or at least the WWE universe past that part. But I'm I'm concerned with the wishy washiness of not really giving us any direction of what to go. Like I was saying before, I think they have an
1: opportunity at SummerSlam though, Sure, as you said before, to really define what's going on here with Aiden, with Rusev day, and then also help us define Andrade San Almas, Angelina Vega to the crowd.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, Jeff Hardy is back. That dude just won't go get fixed. Jeez, what, I mean, is he just keeps going. And I'm, you know, with talking about Matt earlier over on Raw. It's one of those things where, like, is he carrying the family now? Is it one of those things where he's gonna have to pay all these medical bills? I keep
1: hearing he's injured, and that yeah. he still comes keeps coming out and swanton bombing bombing people. And like, Spended what four is four
0: hours doing face paint? You he, know? I guess he kind of took it easy
1: for a couple of weeks, but still, man, like. <laughs> Here he's back again, facing off against Shelton Benjamin, which last time we saw it, well, I thought was kind of a dream match. I'm like, these guys had never faced each other, or they haven't faced each other for like 15 years. 2004? Or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. A long time. But uh, yeah, so this was, you know, it was fun. Another good match, uh, which Jeff Hardy, of course, wins. Afterwards, Nakamura comes out, tries to interfere, uh, but ends up getting beaten down by Jeff Hardy at the end of it. Yep. And meanwhile, Good old Randy Orton is creeping in the back.
0: Looks on from behind Looks, the, yes. the, 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 the whatever you call the... Hopefully
1: not with his hand down his pants because oh, that would just that's what he I mean it's what he's known for. I'm just saying. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that on Sunday. The Bludgeon Brothers also crushed some local talents. It was a three on two match. Got nothing really to talk about here. It's Just the Bludgeons doing Bludgeony things. So,
0: nah. yeah, yeah, Bludgeon Brothers, yeah, Bludgeon, yeah, yeah, Bludgeon right, Brothers. Right, right. They're
1: facing off against New Day this Sunday, which leads me. To our next segment, which is where we do our pickums for SummerSlam. Yes. So let's let's run down the old matches here and make our calls for who is going to win this coming Sunday at SummerSlam.
0: I'm going to let you say the first one first because you said you weren't going to say this ever again, and you've now done it every week since. I
1: actually, it's some sort of like weird penance thing where doing it just <laughs> it it's it's kind of like self-flagellation. I just like I'm hurting myself every time I say it. The right. Boss and Hug. Mm, by the way, that's a, that's a n with apostrophes. Now there's a boss mm, hug connection uh, versus the Riot Squad. That'll be on the pre-show. Who do you have here?
0: Uh, I want to know which members of the Riot Squad are going to be wrestling. That's mm. really because I don't know how to call this. I think if they they need to continue if they're if they're if they're changing their angle on Sasha and Bailey to put them into a friendly tag team and not go down the uh, the you know uh, having them against each other, I think they've got to pick up the win here. So I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Sasha and Bailey.
1: Okay, so you're taking the the boss n- hug connection.
0: I'm not saying that.
1: I know you're not. I, I'm gonna do it for us from now on. I guess because I've been- <laughs> no, you're the
0: one that said you. never I, wanted to say it again.
1: I, I don't. But it's kind of like me saying Shazaro back in the day, where just <laughs> at a certain point, it's just the
0: it just happens. The
1: pain of being dead. Um. I'm actually going to I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to agree with you in the Boston hug connection Um, Uh. (laughs) because I think that while we haven't seen a lot of it on, for instance, the Hulu edition of the show, it has been on raw, but hasn't really been featured. Yeah, and I think especially after losing this last week, they need to pick up a big win here and kind of get back in people's faces, even though it's on the pre show, though. I'm kind of now reconsidering that. I don't know. i You know, why are we spending time talking about this? Let's let's move on and talk about Rusev Day versus Elena Vega and Andrade Cien Almas. Uh,
0: I really hope that they don't leverage Rusev Day and their turmoil that's happening within the faction to try and get uh, Almas a little bit more over by having him beat Rusev. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to pick Rusev Day. Mm Okay. Okay. Because it's just it it, that's what makes sense. I could certainly make the argument that Zelina and and Almas could win this here at the expense of Rusev Day in an effort to push them a little bit higher and give them a little bit more relevance. But I it's it's pre-show. Who knows? I'm picking Rusev Day because Aiden. You know,
1: sure. I'm actually going to go opposite because of Aiden. I'm going to go Sien Almas because I think that uh, Aiden is going to play into the finish here. Um, It could be that he comes out and redeems himself and helps them get the win. But I don't think so. I think this is finally the final dissolution of Aiden English, and I, you know he turns on them or something like that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just I, honestly pot, partly to be contrary.
0: Okay, And sure. just pick something else. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: qualifying it by saying that uh, the raw tag team titles B team versus the revival. Uh, do you think that the B team will lose their championships to the revival here?
0: I do actually. Ooh. I think they're finally gonna put the belts on the revival, and we're gonna. This is this is what I hoped. Would happen if you go, you could even go as far back as WrestleMania or, um, you know, Money in the Bank when we were just, we've just been shitting all over the Raw Tag Team division for months on end now. And I think this is, this might be one of the first real matches, legit matches with two tag teams, belts involved, where we are kickstarting a new path, a new uh, adventure into raw tag team. That's my hope.
1: I, you know, I really have to go with you on that. I hope so too. And I, I think, think the that,
0: revivals a perfect team to kind of set that off. Yeah. So that's why I'm picking them.
1: if they let them, if they continue to book them strong and make yeah. them look like actual, you know, winners yep. as opposed to just jabronis getting in there like the B team, frankly, who keep winning almost by chance instead of actual by skill.
0: But I love that they're steering into that though. With the B team, they
1: are, but I think to legitimize the tag team division, they've got to get some other guys up there, uh, or they have just got to finally pull the trigger on AOP. And just, you know, if they whenever they take the belts off Bludgeon Brothers, AOP needs to step in as being the monster tag heels, yeah, who are the champions. Uh, speaking of championships, the cruiserweight championship Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak for the cruiserweight championship
0: is it gulag's time? Uh, coin toss and that's the ultimate question right there is whether or not it's gulag's time. I I don't think Cedric has had a I'm going to do air quotes good championship reign. Really? Um I, Cedric, I love you man. Charlotte forever. But but at, at the same time, <laughs> Drew is absolutely on fire and he has been on fire for months now and it's just been an opportunity waiting in the wings I, I think they're going to pull the trigger and get Gulak the title because I think basically you're setting up another three months of TV and and pay-per-views right there so absolutely Gulak is my pick for this one sorry so Gulak Cedric. is also Love my you, pick. brother
1: he's got the numbers he's got yeah. he's got uh, Gallagher and Kendrick working for him I think there's going to be some sort of thing where they take the belt off of Cedric by some sort of screw job okay um, which keeps him looking like a a, a baby, a lovable baby face who wouldn't have lost. Otherwise kind of thing. Uh, Gulak should have the title. He's going to be a way more exciting guy with the title. Lots more stuff to do with him. As you said, yeah, him,
0: can you imagine him and buddy Murphy having a program on TV and, and just leading to some big match? I mean, that's uh, crazy. Uh, I think you're those like that because the wrestler, but
1: buddy's still a nice, big, fat heel. So of course, of
0: course. main show, the main show.
1: Uh, we don't know if this is actually going to be a match, but let's call it just in case it is Bobby Lashley versus Elias. Who do you think would win if those two test uh, tussle is, is on Sunday? Is C
0: don't care an answer.
1: Uh, no, you have to pick.
0: Oh, i have to, um sorry, buddy. Elias. Uh, what? Whoa. Okay. All
1: right. Taking the Elias. If this happens, I'm going all the way. Lashley. Uh, I think it would be foolish to have it loose to someone like Elias. Uh, if you if you pull that trigger, just kill him. Just I, I, kill him. He's I just done. did a virtual coin He's toss toast. and it
0: landed on Elias. Ouch. Uh,
1: Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, who's picking up. Right, this is going to be the rubber match. The rubber match between these guys. Finn won the first one, Corbin the second. Who's winning this one?
0: Uh, Constable Baron Corbin is much more interesting right now, and I I don't know if him losing would make it more interesting with just winding him up even more that Finn got over on him. But I I am picking Baron Corbin here.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's an unsafe bet because it really comes down to who WWE is is warmer on at the moment, and I can't I can't really tell. If they like Finn right now, I can't tell based on how they're booking him. He's coming out to great reactions. See, people seem to like him. He's uh, from what I understand his merch is still selling. Well, people are still in the crowd dressed up like the demon. So I, I think it's just, because guess Corbin, I don't know if he needs to win this to be over still. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can still get away with this great costable Corbin character and his, his horrible smirking and everything else that he does even with losing here, I think he's, he's fine with a loss. Whereas I think if Finn loses this one, it's really going to damage him. Yep. So I'm actually going to go Finn, uh, just because I think he needs it more. And I think they would be foolish to have Corbin. Pull you know, this out.
0: I was I was waiting for you to finish because I wanted to jump in. And I'm going to change mine to Finn. And here's why. Oh, I actually because I, I didn't think you're, about this because it's you're it, already locked in. It though. requires picks further down the line to be to happen the right way. So I've got to stay streamlined here. Oh. I think we're going to step into a new uh, authority angle with later in right, the well, year. And I think that's going to happen with some other things that are going on. And I think Corbin needs to lose to just embroil that a little bit. Okay, I'm going to pick Finn here. Uh,
1: you, you're you're booking the whole thing in advance, are you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've, I've, right. I've
0: been thinking about this all week, guys. Jeez. Oh, all right, My crazy fantasy <laughs> booking. is the problem. Never overthink
1: these things, man. Oh, yeah. SmackDown Live Tag Championships New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Do you think the Bludgeons are finally going to lose a step here?
0: I has anybody been excited about the Bludgeon Brothers other than Vince McMahon? I mean, they're fun. I guess
1: they're just a it's a dumb 1990s uh, nineteen nineties like gimmick. Like nineteen eighties nineteen ninety gimmick. Don't get
0: know. me wrong. I love Harper and Rowan. I, I love them. They're em. fantastic. But I I just I don't care enough. I am I am madly in love with the New Day. I think they're amazing, and they continue to reinvent themselves over and over again while I, while staying the same. Yes, and that's <laughs> the amazing thing. part yeah, of it. Agreed. Uh, I think it's time that they drop them, even if it leads to a back and forth. Uh, I think the new day picks up the win here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick the new day.
1: I'm going to go bludgeons. Uh, I don't think they're done dominating. Unfortunately, um, I don't know who's going to dethrone them. If not new day now, but that's uh, my whole
0: point. Like if, if they beat new day, who's left.
1: Yeah. I mean, they beaten
0: the Usos already.
1: Yeah. I, I'm just kind of sad that the bludgeons kind of got the spot. Like I said, that I thought AOP should have, but it's, I, I think there's a lot of, reasons why that happened the way that it did and I understand why the bludgeons are getting this treatment because they are they have more tenure with the company and Vince it's Vince's pet project and whatnot and AOP unfortunately is not and those guys also Yell a lot in foreign languages, which we know does not go over well <laughs> right. with the chairman of the board.
0: We've learned that before. We
1: have. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens for the Money in the Bank briefcase. All right, buddy. Pet your uh, pet your big stuffed uh, Braun Strowman on top of your mic there and make a decision.
0: Braun's going to lose. Braun's going to. Wow. Braun's going to lose.
1: Betting against your boy. Sorry. Betting Sorry, ag- my brother.
0: Betting because this boy. gets really interesting with. And this is what I wanted to save to talk about this part. So I almost want to call several things here, or not get into this yet. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna save it, and we can talk about it at the end. Okay. Uh, Kevin Owens goes uh, wins here and, and gets the money in the bank briefcase. Money in the bank briefcase. Talk, Nick.
1: Okay. Thank you. I actually think that Kevin Owens will win here as well, but I'm gonna take Braun Strowman here.
0: What? Just, just because, to rub it in my face? Just to
1: rub it in your face. If he wins, I'm going to come back laughing oh, next no. week. Oh, Oh, yeah. Be like, you bet against your boy, Nick. You bet against your boy. And look what happened. Yep. So that's why I'm picking Braun. St- Literally the only reason I'm picking Braun. Strowman. The
0: only reason I'm picking Braun is because I think there's a bigger there's a bigger play here yeah. with, uh, with KO that's going to happen real quick. I
1: tend to agree. I actually really agree with that. And this is a point I'm willing to lose <laughs> just to be able to rub it in your face. Uh, the U.S. championship, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy. Shinsuke's retaining. Uh, I, I could so, not agree more.
0: I don't know what else to say about it.
1: Yep, I, I agree. Uh, I think I think Nakamura is holding on to it with interference from Randy Orton of some sort. Um,
0: I, that's going to be the interesting part for me is not these two wrestling each other in a clean match. Is no. Where does Randy Orton show up and which side does he pick? And it's
1: kind of sad that, this, that once again, Shinsuke is the fifth wheel in a feud. He's kind of just there. It, the feud is really between Jeff and Randy, and I thought Randy erased Jeff or whatever it was. You know, <laughs>
0: He erased his identity. He erased his identity. And erased then he painted his face again, and he was back. And he was
1: back. Now he's Jeff again. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is Shinsuke really is kind of irrelevant to this whole thing. He's just there. Oh, they, he's the champion. Uh, that's the sad thing. Right. It's the sad thing. And I mean, I almost wonder if... Uh, You know, if they they need to define something between Shinsuke and Randy, they need to define what the relationship is. I think that's what's going to
0: happen immediately after Shinsuke wins the match is Randy's going to come out and we start a few Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura Up until now, it's just been kind
1: of like nodding at each other. Tell me what, what their relationship is. If Shinsuke is just happy to let Randy do his thing or if they've talked, I need to know. Yeah. Otherwise, Shinsuke just feels like extraneous to what's going on between Jeff and Randy and there's no real belt involved. Uh, speaking of belts, the Intercontinental Championship, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. Here we go. Uh, what happens in this match? Remember, in the corners we've got Drew McIntyre and the returning Dean Ambrose.
0: Uh, returning cleared, cleared for in-ring action as well, Dean Ambrose. So I, man, there's a bunch of different ways this could go. What I want to happen is a Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre program. I don't know how we get there. What? I want to really? see Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre have okay. a fight. I, don't, right. I, I, I think Dolph is kind of the out, interesting outlier in this, even though he's been the focus of it for a, f- a few weeks, if not a month or so now. I'm interested in that. What is very interesting, though, and what has been really talked about all week is the possibility of Dean somehow helping Seth get the belt back and then Dean turning... A la Seth turning on the shield. Dean turns on Seth. Right. And we get a Seth versus Dean for the Intercontinental title feud. That's what I think. Could happen, but it's, I don't think it's very probable yet.
1: No. And then, because then what happens with, with Ziggler and McIntyre? Who do they go off and maybe they
0: with? split up and go off on their own ways, and that's how you get it. Uh, but it's sloppy doing well, it that way. That's what
1: I mean. It's just there's, you know, I personally think that it is more elegant to have Dean help Seth win the belt and have this be one of the few times where a face wins on SummerSlam, which they rarely do. Um, and then going forward, have more. I, I'm, I'm more seeing a McIntyre. Uh, an Ambrose feud to sure. be honest with you. I think you can get really physical with that.
0: Sure. I just wanted to see Seth fight his is one of his final. But, forms. You, know, you were kind of down on
1: Ziggler there. I personally thought he had a great uh, by the way, he had a great uh, segment this week uh, with all this going on. He really had uh, a really awesome promo. Yeah, and it fired me up for Ziggler again. It actually made me back on Ziegler's side. So I, I've got to go. Did you actually say who you thought was going to win here?
0: I think Seth Rollins is going uh, to get the title back. Yes. Okay.
1: You think Seth? Yes. Uh, I actually think Ziggler's going to retain. Okay. I think Ziggler's going to retain, and partly because I think, well, I, uh, I just said earlier that I think Seth's going to take it, but I, I'm just going to be contrary. I'm okay. going to say Ziggler just, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the possibility of a Dean Ambrose heel turn because you're taking Seth. Right. So I'll, just, I'm, I'll go I'm, with that.
0: I'm picking for both of us all, all the way down this card. Gotcha. Pretty much. And I'm all just right. taking
1: the contrary right. side, which is why I'm going to lose this one. I lose the big ones. That's what I, That's what I do. I
0: show up when it counts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I lose all the B shows. You hey, win all the you can A have shows. All, those. all right. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Who do you have here? And
0: we've been waiting for this match for a long time. I'm really excited to see how this goes. I hope they get enough time. By God, we've got a two hour pre show and what a six hour main show. They better give these two guys time. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't know that this has gravity other than settling an, an, a beef. Um, I think the Miz gets more out of this with a victory than Daniel Bryan does. I don't think Daniel Bryan needs the victory as much, especially over on SmackDown. So I pick the Miz only on that. I hope it leads to more. I don't know how they can continue to churn this. I hope this isn't a complete blow off of the eight year feud. That's how they're building it to be on commentary and the advertising. It all ends here. Yeah, you know, you're getting that. Never heard that before, right? So I, I'm picking Miz. I, I want to see this be a really good match between these two guys because we've been waiting on this one yep. for a long time. Yeah,
1: I'm also going to pick Miz, but I'm going to do it because Daniel Bryan's contract is up uh, the 1st of September, or right around there. And if he doesn't resign, they're going to go out with Miz getting all of his mojo. And if he does resign, he'll have the ability to continue this feud and get one over on Miz. Yep. So I absolutely see this po- the possibility of this continuing. I don't think Daniel Bryan's going to pull this one out either. Um, plus, I think it'll be interesting to have Miz get one more win and one more th- way to just twist the knife in Daniel Brent. I don't think he's going to do it clean, yeah, but I think he's going to pull it out.
0: Miz never does anything clean.
1: Of course, <laughs> I'm I'm letting that one that softball pitch go. Oh, Smackdown right, SmackDown
0: li- Live Women's Championship. Yes. Oh, looky
1: <laughs> here, we got the triple threat: Carmella versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Uh, what if you, what they do you don't
0: complete here? the anointment of Becky Lynch here after the last two months, I'll be severely disappointed. I think she gets the title back and we start something else that's that's interesting. Carmella is fun. She can be a fly buzzing around and getting on everybody's nerves. I want a legit champion back with that belt around them, and it's going to be Charlotte or Becky, and I think Becky's earned it at this point, and I think the crowd is going to go absolutely shit when she does.
1: I, I think it would be a big fan moment if Becky picks it up. I think if Charlotte picks it up, you have a lot of stuff, that a, a lot of interesting story you could play with, yeah. uh, with her once again kind of grinding Becky down. Um, and I, 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 from what I've heard, Carmella does have some backstage heat
0: right now. Really?
1: Uh, yeah. I've heard she's
0: nothing but a sweetheart. Even
1: Jim Ross has said that she, he thinks she's going into business for herself, but I, I don't know. Okay. I, so I, I could see it going any one of the three ways. Uh, I, including Becky turning heel, which is being speculated now online. Uh, but personally, I think Carmela might retain here. And uh, and that this just becomes something like this. Th- there's more to there's more to do here between Becky and Charlotte before the championship gets involved b- between them. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they're going to build the tension between them more before one of them gets the belt, and then it's for the belt. Yeah. So I think Carmella does retain here.
0: Well, let's go over and talk about the the Red Brands version of this, the Raw Women's Championship, with Ronda Rousey facing off against Alexa Bliss. Is which, it time? Uh, Is it time
1: for Ronda Rousey to be anointed?
0: I uh, I don't. What did I? What did we say before? We've I've used this line before on a show. I don't think Alexa Bliss wins, but she retains. This is just. Get, this is the first time these two are getting hands on each other. Essentially, right, there is so. no way they're going to swap the belt yet. But I don't think it's a clean Alexa Bliss victory mm. over Rowdy Ronda Rousey. I think it it just it winds Rousey up even more. It's a kerfuffle match. Yes, it's a, it's an absolute one. But I am going to say not wins, but Bliss retains. Okay. Um, this is what we did last time, too. Right, by the way, right. it's
1: just somehow I don't know what's going to happen,
0: but they're not taking that. They're whether not putting that title on Ronda Rousey, right? Yet. Whether
1: Ronda wins by DQ and Alexa she's, keeps she's the belt six
0: months in guys. It's not, yeah. you know, come on. Yes, they're paying her, a, you know, a million dollars a year, but it's one of those things where I'm like, uh, yeah, not yet. Almost. I agree. I, I, agree. I, think Almost. No matter, I
1: think no matter what, Alexa's coming out of SummerSlam with the belt because Man, if they pull the trigger and give Ron to the belt now, that really does kind of crap on a lot of the other women who have worked so hard to and been there so long trying to get that little piece of metal uh, and leather, fake leather, whatever it's made out of. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't see them putting it on Ronda this soon. No. I really can't. I hope they don't.
0: But I hope it's shenanigans enough that go on cheating Rousey in, in her chicken shit yeah. heel kind of way, Alexa's chicken shit heel kind of way enough to just keep get me more invested in this feud because it's only been going on for a, a few weeks now, right? Coming right. out of the Nia angle uh, recently. So I, I, I think that def- this is going to be interesting. Um, with this match and how it ends,
1: but yeah, whatever, who's, they're gonna have to book the crap out of this match to get out of this. Oh yeah. Uh, the WWE championship, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. I think we're both on the same page with this one. What do you think, Joe?
0: I think it's time. Yep. I I don't think they're going to give AJ Styles a Brock Lesnar esque title reign, uh, even though he deserves it more than Lesnar.
1: He's actually had the longest SmackDown reign of any champion in history. I believe that. And he, uh,
0: you know, well earned and rightfully so. And and you know, I we love AJ some of the AJ Styles here. And yet at the we Boston bet against him every podcast. time. I can
1: go back and look at our picks. I think we bet against him every time. Like we oh. were always calling Shinsuke. Oh we,
0: we do bet against him all the that time. That just, just turns <laughs> the knife a little bit even more, like, no, AJ, I'm sorry. Oh man.
1: <gasps> yeah, I think Joe needs to pick it up here though, because Joe I, keeps I having feuds where he talks big and doesn't win. Yes. Joe needs a win, and AJ can afford to lose that belt now. Yep. He really can. He's shown he's a fighting champion. He's shown he's a guy that can hold the belt for a long time. Joe needs the belt. Joe needs to prove that he's not just words and this is the way to do it. Have him murder AJ.
0: I would even do something crazy like make it really fast. Like have him go yeah, crazy and just absolutely Devastate AJ Styles in a matter of like two minutes. Yeah, it would some whether he does it sneakily or something like that. Whatever it and is, it just
1: coquina I mean, clutch done.
0: See AJ just come out of that like, oh my God, what just happened? And he would explode.
1: I, and it's funny. A lot of people freak out when that kind of thing happens. Oh, they've buried AJ. No, oh. if, a, if Joe just came out and just murdered AJ in a minute. Uh, that would become such a great redemption angle for AJ, especially considering how much Joe has wound him up already. You could do some great stuff with that. AJ's proven he's a great champ. He can absolutely withstand that. I agree. I think that would be a really smart idea. I don't think they'll, they'll do it, but it could be really cool if they did. Yeah. All right, it's time. It's time. It's time for Brock Lesnar versus Roman reigns the universal championship match is it coronation time or does something happen
0: all right i'm going to try and talk as fast as possible here because we're running really long uh reigns is going to win kevin owens is going to cash in after beating braun Strowman earlier in the night and i think it becomes revealed that kevin owens is the new paul Heyman guy that's my okay. theory.
1: I'll give you a plus 0.5 on that KO cash in. So if, okay. if he do, if he does cash, if it's a Reigns win and a Kevin Owens cash, in you'll get one point five points for that one. How about that? Okay, sure. Uh, I will also take Reigns. I'm not going to do any kind of funky other stuff because we, as you said, we got to get going here. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think it's Reigns' time. If they, oh God, if Brock keeps it, they've lost their freaking minds.
0: If, in all honesty, I want to. I just want to be on record saying this. I hope Reigns gets it and keeps it clean. Mm-hmm. I I think the guy has put up with enough shit over the last three years. This isn't sympathy like you were trying to describe a little bit earlier, but it's more of a, I agree. Let so it I happen. think Dominic was the one that said it uh, in our in our Facebook group. Forgive me if I got that wrong, Dominic, or whoever it was. But uh, the dude's been through enough. He's been cashed in on twice already. Last three years have been miserable with Lesnar. Let, let's give the dude some time with the belt. Yeah. He's, he's been a trooper through and this he's, whole He's
1: thing. had time with the belt, and it's been pretty much forgotten that he had. Yep. Completely. Uh, you know, everyone just completely forgot that he had the belt for a long time, and in that package with him and Brock, they just erased that whole thing. Oh yeah, you know, it's been all about him and Brock for the last four years. No, it's not. There was a whole time when Roman was champ.
0: Yeah, you and know, he had the U.S. title in there for a while. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our coverage of WWE, at least for as far as the main roster, which means we need to move over and start talking about the wide world of wrestling.
0: All right, kicking things off with NXT. Lots of red herrings going on with who who Jesus. done it. It's a game of clue over at the Performance Center. No kidding, trying to figure out who who killed Alistair Black.
1: Uh, yeah, was it was it Champa in the uh, the trainer's room with the crutch, well, or was it
0: uh, Lars Sullivan with the candlestick in the right. parking lot? Right? Exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, who all did they point out? We had Johnny Gargano. We had Undisputed Era driving away in a car. They did it full at the Rock. Uh Lars Sullivan was walking away. <laughs> Cassius Ono was nearby. Uh heavy machinery were taking pictures of him. Kona Reeves was near the truck with a with a camera.
0: Velveteen Dream was around.
1: Velveteen Dream was looking depressed over in the corner for some reason. Ricochet was getting out of a car looking delirious. Wesley Blake and his new buddies were walking by. Shayna Baszler was there. Uh Fabian Eichner, Cesar Bononi, and Marcel Barthel, who we got introduced to last right, week right, were right. all hanging out. Of course, as we said, Ivan Drago
0: is who I call him.
1: Yeah, Champa was walking by with the belt, looking absolutely insane. Even EC3 was there. Uh, Everybody was there.
0: So basically, the entire uh, NXT roster
1: and the One Armed Man,
0: right? It was
1: everybody. So yeah, basically, who who did it to Alistair? Everybody, everybody did it. Everybody was there. Anyway, uh,
0: so do you have a theory, real quick? uh, Ten seconds.
1: I mean no of course I don't cuz it's going to depend on who like who they want to put him with in Six months or whenever he's back from from whatever horrible thing happened to his crotch.
0: My guess is Lars Sullivan as a redemption for his air quotes broken jaw from their last match. Yeah, together. they they
1: made it look like. I think they'll just never tell us, and we can speculate based on how everyone was walking around in this who it could have been.
0: Let's not forget Lars Sullivan has a history of beating up behind closed doors his old tag partners and just ransacking people out back. That was how he got his whole so it's undisputed
1: started. era, if you recall. Exactly, That's, they they attacked exactly. uh, um Oh, Oni Lorcan and and Birch backstage. It's anyway. It, the bottom line is it doesn't help to speculate. It just it's funny how many red herrings they threw out uh, to to everybody there. Uh, street profits versus the mighty. We had a match this week. It was a fun match. I'm not sure where the teams go from here. It was another one where the street profits used the tights to pull up on the uh, on the mighty for the win, uh, and then celebrated in the crowd. A lot of fun, but it was just kind of there. It didn't really. My wig.
0: Shout out to the cameraman that handed uh, Montez Ford his cup and still shot it in a first person angle. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well done, sir. That was really, really
1: Also, wow. well done the match between Kyrie Sane and Aaliyah. Uh, this was basically just Kyrie beating the absolute crap out of Aaliyah. Uh, Shayna Baser <laughs> sitting at commentary. This was a side of Kyrie that I loved. they, they At the end of the match, she hits Aaliyah with the elbow stares down Shayna Baszler, goes up, gives her another elbow. And just to make sure that Aaliyah was dead, gets back up, gives her another elbow, and then goes for the the pin. And on two, picks up Aaliyah's head, stares at Shayna Baszler and goes, nah, your little girl ain't gonna, she's not gonna go out like that. Puts her in a submission hold and then makes her tap out while pointing at Shayna Baszler. Upside down. Upside down. Awesome. You and I were watching this freaking out when this happened. Yeah. Because this was just fantastic, it made Kyrie look like an absolute monster, uh, and it—I it, think it did more to heat up this feud than anything that's happened so far. Yeah, it was you a great way to put a little, little exclamation point. And on you it.
0: also made a fun comment with the uh, the impending arrival of Io Shirai to the Performance Center. Now you've got her and Hojo kind of reuniting. This could be an interesting uh, spicing it up with they turn these two kind of Japanese wrestling ladies on each other. And just kind of turn them loose and take the leash off. That could get really interesting.
1: Yeah, you've got a few, you got a bunch of talent from Japan coming in for the May Young Classic. How long they stick around? We will wait and see. Uh, as you said, Io Shirai is probably going to be around for a while. So if we could start to see some really nice stiff stardom style matches in NXT, I would not be mad. Uh, talking about Velveteen Dream, he was uh, he went out to the ring, cut a promo, started to cut a promo on EC3. He couldn't really cut the promo because the audience kept chanting his name which now apparently he doesn't want them to do, even though before he wants everyone to say his name. Now he's, he can't even cut a promo because everyone's saying his name. Right. <laughs> uh, an EC3 comes out and absolutely burns him down on the mic. First thing he says when he comes out, is this what it sounds like when doves cry?
0: Oh, uh, I marked the hell out when he said that.
1: Brilliant. I, I'm not big on EC3 as a wrestler, but by God, by God, on the mic, that man is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. This was a fun little this fun little uh, thing between them and the ring, I thought. A sick fanny
0: pack too, by the way, dude. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Oh man! Okay, so wrapping it up, we had the Undisputed Era, fa- or actually, it should be Tyler Bate facing off against Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era.
1: Great match, hard hitting as hell. Woo! Nice, hot, if super this high energy. This is a
0: precursor to what we're going to see oh, yeah. on Saturday at Takeover. Holy schmokies. So typically, I'm not
1: a big fan of of the booking where you know each member of the tag team faces off, you know, singles match with with the guys from the tag teams. Fine, I'm not usually. I think it's lazy booking. This is one where I I'm absolutely a fan of it because now I'm really excited to see these teams go at each other. Yeah. If this is yeah. what they can do with the singles, my God, the chaos when they're all together and we know we've seen them, we've seen the two teams go against each other before. It's yeah. always amazing. Uh, the last one was, was a insane with Trent getting his leg pulled off. Oh, and yeah.
0: that was, nuts. You know? Well, speaking of TakeOver, we have to do our pickums for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, I did all of them first on SummerSlam, so I'm going to ask you this time. Let's go down the picks for Brooklyn. We've got the North American Championship where Adam Cole is defending against our boy Ricochet. You know I can't Who pick Who do you against, got? I can't pick against Ricochet. It's got to be Ricochet. I can't pick
1: against Ricochet.
0: Adam Cole's had it for like 27 years.
1: Uh, he's had it for a long time. Yeah. I think it would be really good for Ricochet to get that belt. I don't think they brought Ricochet there just to sit in the wing. No. So, and it's time.
0: um, He's proven himself uh, quite a bit since he's come.
1: Well, he hasn't really even done that much, but everyone's, he's already uh, super hyped. Everyone loves him. So, yeah, I think it's time for Adam to drop that and move on. Um, I could see it running until Survivor Series, the feud between the two of them. I just don't think it needs to. No. I think it's I think it's time for Ricochet, Ricochet to get that champion. He's going to make a great
0: North American champion.
1: Uh, Velveteen Dream versus EC3. We saw them tussle at the end of that segment earlier. Uh, EC3, once again, standing tall two weeks in a row. Who do you have here?
0: I thought I was going to ask you first.
1: Too late. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. Yep. I have to agree with you. I think after everything that's happened to him so far, he's never won a pay-per-view match uh, that I can recall. Uh, in NXT, I think it's his time to win one.
0: Chat, correct us if he's wrong, but I, I think he's right. Uh, next up, Mustache Mountain facing off against the Undisputed Era for the NXT Championships. Uh, is this technically this isn't the rubber match? Is it? This is is this this is the rubber match? This is a
1: rubber match. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, Undisputed Era lost in the UK, and then uh, Mustache lost uh, here, back and, at the back center. here at the Performance Center, yep. and this is the rubber. Oh yeah.
0: man, uh, those both of those other matches were. F- freaking amazing absolutely this one is not going to be any less who you got here
1: Uh, undisputed era
0: oh i think they absolutely retain
1: retain. yeah i think they are i don't think the uk boys are taking it they're going to go over to the uk division and do stuff over there i think undisputed era needs to be able to hold on to at least one belt uh in this case the belts i don't if adam cole loses they're not also losing the tag belts it's that's my theory so i'm taking undisputed
0: Uh, i have a quick concern about bobby fish coming back and what that's going to do to that tag I've, I've lost
1: my hold on his timeline for coming back. I'm not sure when he's cleared. Okay. Um, that the
0: only thing I, reason I was bringing that up is because I don't know if any shenanigans will happen if they throw Roderick Strong out at some point, but they're just too they're good. Have, they're just too good right now. They're too good. There's no way that Mustache Mountain is going to take those back to the UK at this point, so I think they're going to retain as well. I agree. Uh, next up is the Women's Championship, which we are both really hyped for now after, ta- after uh, NXT this week. Shayna Baszler defending against... A newly, with a new vigor, Vicious. new viciousness, Kyrie Sane. Who yeah. do you got here? I
1: think Shayna Baszler gets her redemption. Last time they faced off was the May Young Classic from last year. I think Shayna Baszler gets her redemption. Continues to look strong. I don't see anyone on the horizon who's going to take that belt off of her unless they have plans for her on the main roster. If Shayna Baszler loses Saturday night, look for her to interfere in the Ronda Rousey match on Sunday.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Shayna's going to retain here as well. Not before... They have an amazing match, though. Oh, I think this is going to be a secret match. This one's going to sleep. It's a sleeper match. This one's going to sneak in and surprise a lot of a us. much
1: greener. Shayna Baszler had a pretty damn good match against Kyrie Sane yep. a year ago. I think current Shayna Baszler is going to have a monster match against Kyrie Sane.
0: Yep. Uh, and finally, we have to talk about the big one. Uh, Johnny Gargano coming after. Oh, man. A ball bastard. That, that son of a bitch. Tommaso yeah, Champa,
1: last man standing match. Interesting.
0: Uh, so we've had the street fight. We've had, uh, this is the, what was the other one? I can't remember. We've had the street fight. We had another one and then we a straight had a match. Okay. And now we're going to have a last man standing. It, yeah. It,
1: it's too bad that th- this wasn't the triple threat. I hope they're not uh, going to speed this angle up as a result. Uh, i 've got Champa retaining here. I think that there 's a lot more to do, oh yeah, with this feud. I think this is going to run the rest of the year, possibly into next year, and because it's it 's still an amazing feud it doesn 't need to go anywhere just yet, Agreed. and I think Johnny needs to devolve and go even further into darkness before we get the redemption. So
0: I think this if I if I was booking this match, it would look I would make it look absolutely like Gargano was gonna pick it up and then just at the last second flip it and have Champa retain. And yeah, it, I like just that. I need Johnny to go that one extra step into uh, you know darkness and just despair and lose his shit. He's one step, yeah from there. And
1: Ciampa is so good with the title in terms of just the the power it gives him and and how much he's able to just consistently run, rub it in all of our faces really yeah. that he's the champ. Uh, so I think it's a great thing to have it on him. The only way I see Johnny picking it up is if Johnny truly goes to the dark side here and does just the most horrific, horrific thing imaginable to Ciampa to keep him down. Any possible so,
0: what, I mean is there any disqualification in a last man standing match? I feel like we had this discussion with AJ and Nakamura recently. Um, didn't they it, do the double DQ thing and was that under the last man standing rules I just can't remember all the details there but anyway I'm, there could be some shenanigans here there you know could recent, be some weapons. recently
1: on WWE they did actually say the difference between a whole bunch of these different like street fight no holds barred match and no DQ match and all that they didn't say a last man standing what the stipulations were so I, I actually don't have that in my notes I can tell you the difference between hardcore no DQ no holds barred and street fight can't tell you with net last man standing mm. if there's a DQ or gotcha. if a rope break or anything like that off the top of my head at least, but who do you have in this? Champa oh, is retaining Champa. Okay, there you go. Well, that is it for uh, NXT. I'm looking forward to that takeover this weekend. It's going to be a amazing show as they always are. Uh, also putting on some pretty good shows this week, 205 live really quickly going to run through this one. Uh, Leo rush did beat Akira Tozawa. uh, beat him clean, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if that's their way of putting Leo over or if this is going to continue and Akira is going to get the wins back. Uh, but it was a really entertaining match. Leo looks fantastic, and I'm glad he's part of 205 Live. Yeah,
0: rocket ship on that guy.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Hideo Itami murdered Trent Newman. He even did the Who? whole like exactly. Uh, but it was it was a way to make Itami look strong and vicious. He he was pinning him and then pulled him up to beat him up some more, and then you know that whole thing as you
0: do when you're Hideo Itami. As you do when you're
1: Hideo Itami. And finally, we got the go home match. For SummerSlam, Cedric Alexander defeated Jack Gallagher in a fantastic match. Uh, but after the match, of course, got beat down by Kendrick and Gulak, which is, feeds into my theory of the fact that the numbers game is going to catch up to Cedric on Sunday. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, that, uh, I think that the numbers spell disaster for, uh, for Cedric Alexander oh, at Sacrifice. I mean, sh- I mean, SummerSlam. Sa- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got lost there for a second. Uh, Next week, we're going to have a Tornado Tag match. Lucha House Party facing off against Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. We also got uh, another rematch, Noam Dar versus TJP. So uh, once again, 205 Live putting on some great matches. More people need to watch it. Yes. Go watch that.
0: Let's head over. We ha- It's time to talk about the G1. And yes. we don't have as much time. I'd love to talk about this for an hour. And, we could you talk. Yeah, we could absolutely oh, talk about this for smokes. a whole show. But let's talk finals that went down this weekend. Uh, some quick results and any side commentary you might have. Cause yes. Because we're, uh, we're running really long here That's today.
1: fine. That's fine, man. New Japan. So the G1 results. Uh, a block for some strangely enough jay white ended up losing to evil which kept him out of the running for the finals which made it means it was down to the winner of okada versus tanahashi okada had to win to pull away the block unfortunately they tied which meant okada was just short of having enough points tanahashi pulls out the block b block naito Lost to Zack Sabre Jr. in a major upset. Uh, Zack Sabre having an amazing G1 if you look at his numbers. He had the same number of points as the winner of the block but did not win the block because he lost the head-to-heads. Yep. Um, Omega losing to the golden lover Ibushi. His his golden lover, his, his boy, beat him and it was a very, very emotional match. But our finalists were Tanahashi and Ibushi. Uh, that was an absolutely amazing match on the final day. Was a Bushi versus Tanahashi? Did we get a
0: Meltzer star score on it? Yet? Uh,
1: I haven't looked yet. No, he's right. he's busy, uh, you know, calling out women for being for, for not being light enough. Right. Um. But uh. Yeah. No. Th- th- I. But this was not what I called for the finals. I was really surprised it was a Bushi Tanahashi. Uh. If you had asked me at the beginning of the G one if Tanahashi was going to go all the way, I'd have told you no. After the year he had, where he's putting a lot of people over and seemed to be losing a Even lot.
0: Going into the finals, uh, I would have said no. This was we talked about this last week pretty in depth. I think this
1: was a way of Tanahashi kind of getting everybody back into him is is one of the one of the reasons why he is one of the greatest wrestlers of the last 20 years and arguably of all time. By the way, if you've never seen Tanahashi, you are we are in an era where one of the greatest guys who's ever wrestled pro wrestling in terms of star power presentation, ability, skill level. He is one of the greatest. Um and this was a way of telling us all, I'm back. I'm coming back. This is why you love me in the first place. I can still go. I can still operate at a high level against one of the, one of the most talented people in the world, in Ibushi. Uh, and also, the way this match was written between the two of them was brilliant in the fact that Ibushi got really vicious at a certain point and very violent. And Tanahashi came back, gave him three high fly flows, three finishers to put him away. I mean, just a great way of having a guy who's considered a wrestling god look like an underdog for the second third of the match. Yeah. And then man up at the end in just the most heroic fashion to put away this young upstart.
0: Not double tap, triple tapped him from the top Ooh, ropes. Just, it was it wow. was so
1: good. It was so good. And and the history of Tanahashi is, is just makes this a more momentous moment. So Tanahashi guaranteed a title match next year at Wrestle Kingdom against whoever the champion is, whether it's Omega or whether whoever takes it off of Omega,
0: but Ibushi, not all is lost. He also has the win over Omega during the G one. So he also gets a title shot. So long as Omega retains
1: Omega fell apart at the end of the G one lost to lost to Ishii lost to uh, Toru Yano kind of he he lost to him. There was shenanigans, but it's Toru Yano, Uh, but he also lost to Ibushi, as you said. So, going forward right now so in the finals we had a, a tag match at the end of it um Ishi did challenge Omega they had one of the best matches in the G1 yep uh Ishi had one of all the best matches as far as i i think Ishi
0: might be the the one that kind of stole the uh, the G1 i, uh, I had had a blast watching a all of, of his matches a lot of people you can make
1: that argument for but yep. it was a really good one overall but Ishii versus Kenny Omega looks to be the next championship match coming up, whether it's at Destruction or King of Pro Wrestling. I don't care. I'm excited. Yep. Those guys put on amazing matches. And if you give them 40 minutes to work, we're going to have an absolutely killer match. I don't think Ishii's going to win. No, but no. I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing match.
0: Well, Let's talk about some key takeaways here for the G1 as a whole. You know, six weeks of, of content and just, you know, build and storyline and all of this kind of stuff. How do we bullet this out Oof. pretty quickly? Uh, uh, let's
1: see. Well, based on everything that came out at the, at the end of the last show, Juice Robinson uh, looks like he's on a collision path with Cody. who ca- Cody came in uh, for the finals. And uh, beat Juice and, and kind of ran him down. So Juice accepted Cody's challenge afterwards. And another great promo uh, back in the in the in the press conference room. So yeah, it looks like we're getting Juice and Cody coming up for the U.S. title. Mwah. I love, love That love it. Uh, the Tongans <laughs> are your. <laughs> we, new- we
0: can't talk about the G one without, without talking, talking about, about uh, Tamatonga.
1: Tonga, Tamatonga, Tongaloa, and Bad Luck Fale are now your trios champions after calling out the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull, who were your previous trios champs. And humiliating them, uh, getting them to agree to a title match on the night of the finals with Harold May, the the uh, the owner, the CEO of uh, New Japan, sitting ringside, uh, got them to agree to a, tag, a title match. They won, they beat them, and then threw down the belts in in a way to just you know insult defiance, New Japan, yeah. yeah. insult New Japan, insult the Young Bucks. The uh, Bullet Club Civil War continues, and the yes. OGBC looks like they are continuing uh, their their bad boy ways. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see what else we got. We got uh Losson and Suzuki Gun looks like they're back at war again. Good, good. I love watching all of those guys fight each other. Everybody's gonna be coming for Hiroki Goto his neverweight belt. He lost a lot in this g one. uh you got guys like Taichi who wants that belt. Elgin might get another shot at it. Zack Saber Jr. could take a shot at Goto. He also lost to Naito. I mean, a lot of people could go for Goto for that belt. um and yeah, we already talked about people coming for Omega. So we're on the road to destruction now. We got Hiroshima, uh, September 16th, Beppu on the 17th, and Kobe on the 23rd for the Destruction Tour. And then we're coming back for uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed here at Long Beach at the Walter Pyramid. Nice. Uh, on September See September 30th.
0: Holy smokes. And
1: then King of Pro Wrestling October 8th. So lots of stuff coming up in New Japan. Lots of matches got set up that could headline all of those. You know what I mean? I don't know if Omega and Ishii going to headline here at the Pyramid. I really hope so, uh, but uh, whenever it happens, it's happening soon, so uh, lots of good stuff happening in there's New There's so Japan. much more
0: I want to talk about with the G1 that happened. <laughs> I know. I really want to get into the Tamatonga whole storyline of him interfering with all of that, but we just... Don't we, have don't.
1: Uh, we We could talk about uh, Jared pointed out we could po- we could talk about Takahashi, like what the deal is with his belt and his broken neck like yes. is here's the thing though he could be out for nine it's new Japan. he could be out for nine months to a year without the junior heavyweight belt being defended, and it, they could get away with it. I mean Jericho has the IC belt. And he's never there. And he's not going to be there for the rest, of, like,
0: for a long Probably time. Probably will not come back to a Wrestle Kingdom on Probably. Yeah, we January.
1: Don't. So, yeah, they don't have to strip Takahashi. No. They have another belt on the shelf.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Well, hey, let's head over and uh, let's just wrap things up here, real quick, with some Lucha Underground. and break down what happened this week All on right. our favorite fantasy wrestling show. Real
1: quick, Lucha Underground, just kind of touching on that. Uh, once again, we had a member of the Rabbit Tribe get sacrificed to the gods. Matanza killed Saltador this week uh Killshot had a match against dragon azteca for the gift of the gods which he barely lost but then as a result of that he looks like he turned heel uh he just wasn't operating well with the mac and uh son of havoc they're the trio's champs right they lost the trio's championship belts to the reptile tribe mostly thanks to jeremiah crane or sorry Jeremiah snake as he's going by now
0: it reincarnated right? yeah yeah
1: So, but looks like Killshot's turning heel. We'll see what happens there. And then uh, the big one was Cage and Pentagon got into a bit of a brawl. They're they're building up for their upcoming championship match. The thing to take away from that was not only did they kick the crap out of everyone around them, but there was a priest in the audience. uh, Priest, let's see. I believe his father, uh, Father Rick O'Shea. Okay. Is that a, a reference second. to something? Uh, maybe Ricochet? Uh, oh. I'm just oh. Took you a second. It took you too long. Oh, uh, so, I got there. So okay. Father Rick O'Shea tried to <laughs> give an exorcism to Pentagon Jr. Or Pentagon Dark, excuse me. And Pentagon Dark did not take kindly to that and broke the kindly father's arm. Oh. oh Son man. of a bitch. Gotta love Lucha Underground. Yes. <laughs> and then finally we found out the next week Mac will face... Mil Muertes, the guy he's been scared of, the guy who uh, he's been terrified of for all this time. Um, and uh, the last thing he said this week was trick-or-treat, mother. F-. Went oh to boy. commercial. Oh, boy. So that is Lucha Underground. Looking forward to seeing what goes down with the Mac versus Mil Muertes. couple big boys going
0: at it. Brian Cage also confirmed for all-in, by the way.
1: Yes, in the uh, over-budget Battle Royale. That's <laughs> yeah. what it's called. Don't look at me like that. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, a couple of listener questions we definitely wanted to get to. Uh, Guys, if you want to get in on this, it's as little as five bucks per month. You get to interact with us and get a copy of the show notes for every single episode. Plus, you get to submit your listener questions, and uh, we'll answer them here on the show like we're about to for our listeners this week. Yeah,
1: no, it's a a great way to interact with the show. I love getting listener questions uh, for for just five bucks a month. Uh, In addition, if you are watching us in the live stream, please throw a couple of questions up in the live chat. Uh, and we'll see if we can get to them if we have enough time. Uh, so let's first off of our, our Patreon listener questions. Bibash Shrestha, uh, I'm so sorry about how I pronounced your last name. Uh, he says, three people might turn heel at SummerSlam. Becky, Dean, and Aiden. Which one excites you the most, and which shouldn't happen this SummerSlam?
0: Um, Dean excites me the most. Uh, which one shouldn't happen at SummerSlam? I don't think Becky's going heel at all. If really, any, if Charlotte's going to turn if he of any of those. I think,
1: I think Charlotte should. I think uh, looking at this week, I think Becky might
0: actually. Uh, turn. I think Dean, if I had to pick of those three, if I had to book those three, Dean would be the one. I yeah. don't think Aiden should happen at SummerSlam.
1: Well, here, okay. So, my take on this Aiden isn't a heel, or Aiden is a heel. He can't turn heel Fair. if he's already a heel. He's been the heel element of Rusev Day. I guess he could turn more heel. He could, you know, could side actually with spoil their match. He could side, yeah,
0: exactly. Intentionally, yeah.
1: He could go. They, 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 cause they, this is the thing with Rusev Day, they, they have a hard time defining what they are. Um, you could really define them this weekend, you know, by saying Rusev is absolutely face, Aiden is absolutely heel, you know. But which one excites me the most? Dean. Yep. Absolutely, Dean. Which one shouldn't happen? Becky, in my opinion. Uh, I'd be fine with Aiden going heel. I'd be fine with Dean going heel. If Becky goes heel, I think you spoil a lot of the Becky Balboa stuff thing. She, she has going on the underdog aspect to her that you could really play off of. And it just, it just takes it in a whole different direction and you lose a lot of that good momentum she had with that, particular angle
0: i don't think dean ever fully got all of the redemption he wanted uh last year when they were doing the whole ambrose and rollins things remember they they really dramatized doing the fist bump and back and forth and all of that stuff i think he's still friggin pissed about four or five years ago when when seth hit him in the back with a chair well and i think roman was a little bit yeah all right fine you're back whatever fist bump bro i don't think dean took it that well
1: well and also dean has a good reason to be pissed at seth for they wrote when they wrote him off tv to go get his injury healed uh they wrote him off of the way to be mad at Seth yep. for costing the match against Samoa Joe. Yes. So thank you. It, they, they could the really easily, turn. They could easily make him a heel. Yes. Uh, another question, Ryan Rugani, how would you guys book the finish to Gargano Ciampa? What he, what he actually prefaced us with was that he believes Ciampa has something to do, has, he, Ciampa has to do something crazy to leave Johnny laying out to continue this feud to show that Johnny still isn't crazy enough. At the same time, it gives Ciampa an Orton type of mystique of having just no regard. So basically, he's, he's saying he thinks that uh, Ciampa's got to do something absolutely insane.
0: Also, it's one step. It's, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. Johnny's like one step short of getting to that point of being he's crazy enough. And that's what I, I agree with Ryan here. To, to, to show Johnny still isn't crazy enough yes. to get over on Ciampa. That, I agree with that completely. I, How would I book it? I, I think it's what we talked about earlier. I think it's going to be... Uh, J- everything's going to look like Johnny's going to get it and then Ciampa's somehow going to sneak it out. I'm actually worried this
1: might be a little bit of a redundant match, frankly, because it's not a triple sure. threat. I think it's going to be a little bit redundant. It's going to be a replay of the, <laughs> dr- dr- the dramatic points of the last match, which is violence, violence, violence. Johnny goes... Champa com- does something horrible. It sets Johnny off. Johnny loses his mind. Does something horrible. Back to Ciampa, but that still somehow loses, and it makes Johnny even more insane. Yeah, that's pretty much how I'm seeing this match playing out. Which again is sadly redundant, but I have no doubt it will be massively entertaining.
0: I, I just I, I don't care.
1: And then uh, lastly, uh, Jared over in the comments asked, "Do we get CZW Dean
0: back?" Oh no, I think we're we're shield. Uh, you know, uh, Seth Rollins hitting him in the back with a chair and not understanding. Well, now he understands. He's had some time to go off and think about it during rehab, and no, he's still pretty effing pissed. Yeah, and he he's going to come back, and that's. I think that could be a whole thing.
1: I think what he's referring to is, do we get like a really hardcore Dean? I hope and so. And I really hope. I mean, we're not going to get you know Jigsaw to the forehead, Dean Ambrose. <laughs> we're not going to get Titty Master on the hands, Dean Ambrose. But we are. We're probably going to get as close as uh, as close as we've seen. I hope we get as close as we've seen to that in the w in the modern w w e they have done a lot in the in the past of trying to build Dean up in that way with Mick Foley giving him the the uh the the barbed wire wrap two by four yeah. and that that uh, you know people crap on the asylum match with him and Jericho. And that match was only crap because at the last second they made it go an extra 15 minutes. Yeah. If that match had been the original time of the match, it would have been a, a fantastic match that got really way more hardcore than a lot of matches in WWE get in the modern era. Yeah. Um,
0: I'll never be mad at Jericho taking thumbtacks. I'll that never was... be mad at
1: anyone taking thumbtacks yeah, in that's the modern fantastic. era. I'm sorry. that's That blew my mind that that happened. <laughs> if we get that Dean, if we get an absolutely psychotic Dean, then you have... My attention. He's got the look for it right now. I really hope they go for that. Yep.
0: Well, to close out the show here, guys, uh, B. Bosch, Ryan, thank you very much for the questions this week, guys. Again, if you want to get in on the questions every single week, it's just five bucks a month. It's it's cheaper than the WWE Network. Us buy us a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee, and we'll gladly uh, discuss. And your- you get to
1: ask questions every week on the show. Yeah. And, four and, times, four times and for that. Plus, don't you also get like an extra episode as well? Or is that the ten dollars uh, tier? Yeah, the ten dollars yeah, right? tier is the extra episode tier. And that's going to get to hear
0: little... the Roman Reigns, the full discussion of Roman Reigns. Uh, quick finish up here. Some other news that wasn't good enough to make the big news segment. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and GFW suing Impact. What is going on here?
1: Yeah, basically this is just you know Jeff and Jeff and Impact had uh, their falling out um, with uh, Jeff Jarrett getting released but it was his global force wrestling uh company that was giving a lot like was was consulting with Impact and Anthem so Impact and Anthem are still using footage that was produced under Jeff Jarrett's authority and he's saying <laughs> okay. that you guys basically have no you can't use that. That's my footage.
0: Never have I wanted to use a Willy Wonka meme more. You drank fizzy lifting drink. You lose. Good day, sir.
1: That's a great way of putting you know, it. That's really all I have to say about it, peace too. Peace out. We'll see if it, he wants a jury trial. We'll see if the jury trial the, the jury says the same thing. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Sin Cara had surgery to remove some scar tissue in his knee. That guy is just so, he's always out with the injury, the poor guy. He can't seem to get any momentum going, but uh, hopefully he's back quickly from that. Uh, the UK title match, we're talking about TakeOver. Yep. Before the uh, the actual TakeOver show, that they usually record some quote-unquote dark matches, which they play the next week uh, at the next week of NXT. Well, it looks like they're also taping the UK title match. Uh, Zach Gibson, the winner of the UK tournaments, getting his shot at Pete Dunne before takeover but we'll see it next week on nxt
0: mm, so th- how are we not going to see that on takeover though if they're because that's a live show because they want to have
1: something big to show us next week on nxt and they want enough time for it and uh, i think it would run okay. them over they like to keep takeovers to two hours and that's just one too many matches yeah
0: all right it, it's a shame that's not getting any kind of feature i mean is one of your like key Their titles feature, it's
1: the main thing on nxt the next week it's probably the only I'm thing talking that's talking about be the major on anyway so i get what a what
0: uh, Undertaker uh, has been announced for Smackdown Live 1000 coming up in
1: October. I don't know if I'm excited or not. No. I, 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 I still... I mean, the,
0: let's be clear. It's the, it's the Undertaker. Legend. Of course. I I get, still get chills yes. on my arms every single time I hear the gong. It's one of the
1: few legends where there's very few things that I can go, yeah, but that one thing, you know, like Hogan's let me down and 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 Flair has all kinds of like weird embarrassing stuff in his history. Undertaker's right. one of the few where I'm like, he's got some weird stuff in his history, but the damn undertaker yeah you know what i mean but at the same time you
0: forgive him for the kid rock theme song
1: then uh that's kid rock's fault not his fault (laughs) um but no i I still in in my heart of hearts as much as it was kind of a sad way to go out at the same time i thought it was appropriate i i kind of wish he just left his coat and and hat and gloves in the ring and he'd never come back me too you know every time i see him it's just it's a little oh. a little sadder. But I don't know. Maybe I'll think different when we get to to to, to SmackDown 1000. We'll uh, see.
0: Next up, Justin Credible was arrested for violating his protective order. This uh, is crazy.
1: Yeah, go ahead. This is crazy. Okay, so Justin Incredible's back in jail. He violated a protective order. No one's really sure what that means, but I guess there was a, a court order for him to be safe with himself, and there were some reasons he gave that he was not safe. So he's in jail on a $7,500 bond. Um, so credible's last tweet before this all happened has to be the craziest thing I've ever read. Okay. Uh, it reads welcoming, 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 welcoming. Okay. The beginning of blood, lost sacrifice, dreams, and hatred. This is become the new show. I love lust, hatred, and the dreams. There is a new leg and nothing in between. We're clowns. We are just yours. We are killers among men. Welcome to the blood lost faith in dreams. You know what
0: that is? That's one of those games where you play like the auto word on your iPhone and you're sending a text and you just keep hitting whatever middle word comes up. Man, of the if those three. are the
1: automatic words on his iPhone. What is he texting people? That's exactly. what I'm saying. I don't know. So yeah, just incredible. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, that's that's scary. Yeah, no kidding. That's- <laughs> Speaking of scary, uh, Enzo Amore. Uh, he told TMZ this week he never wants to wrestle again. He says in a million years he's not going to wrestle again. He is busy trying to be a rapper.
0: Well, he's got millions. So uh,
1: does yeah. he with the way he spends? I don't know. That's
0: a good fair point.
1: Fair I don't know. Point. We'll I think see. he has an entourage yeah, now. So best he, luck with That his never goes well. Future endeavors there. Uh, speaking of Enzo, Big Cass has just signed with Championship Wrestling League in Michigan. It's a new upstart indie wrestling federation. Good for him good luck, Big Cass. Good for him. Yeah, all right. We'll, well, we'll, we'll see what happens with them.
0: Well, guys, that's going to do it. We are ready for SummerSlam and not to forget TakeOver this Woo! weekend on Saturday. Man, it oh. has been back-to-back weekends of some crazy wrestling. Big show today.
1: We're going to have a big show on Monday when we recap the, both of those shows. So yes. come back for that. We will be here live. We'll do that show live at yes. 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I'll be sure and post on in
0: the Facebook group. Monday. So yes. come
1: back and check out our live recap of uh, the Takeover Show and of SummerSlam, plus our regular show next week on Thursday, streaming to you live at 5 p.m. Pacific yes. every Thursday.
0: Come over and join the uh, Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. Uh, come find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, And we do have all kinds of new fun tiers over on our Patreon page. Head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO sign up to get your copy of the show notes ask listener questions access to the monthly bonus episodes merch and much much more head over and check that out at patreon.com slash BWO if you'd like to buy some merch and let everybody know that we are your favorite wrestling podcast we've got some new designs up there we've got more on the way head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO. It'll take you, I'm sorry, orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Uh, It'll take you over to the merch side of the business. Indeed. And don't forget to like,
1: share, and subscribe. Go and join us on YouTube. It helps us. The more people get on that channel, the better things can possibly be for us. Also, your podcast app of choice. Make sure that you leave a comment and uh, share that with your friends and we will do our best to make this the best possible wrestling show we can for you guys.
0: Absolutely, but uh, I'm Nick Howell, and you can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And
1: I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But
0: by God! Would somebody stop the damn match!